Welcome back to another episode of the Scoop College Basketball Podcast presented by Hoop Scoop Media. And we are in the midst of the offseason. And this episode is going to be solely a mid-major transfer special, which we're going to have some fun with this one as fans also appreciate the mid-majors. And this is the first episode that you could also be watching on YouTube. This is not live on YouTube yet, but these recordings will be posted on YouTube. So if you're listening to this on the podcast apps and would like to see us talk, feel free to go into YouTube, um, Hoopscoop Media, give us a sub, like it, comment maybe. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, let's get into actual content. And like I said, this is the mid-major episode, so we won't be covering some of the main pickups, such as Tyler Perry to K-State and Max Aismas to Texas, to name a few of the really big ones that happened in the last week. Those will come in our next episode as well. And did, Dan, did you see that uh, Coppin State hired a coach the other day? Uh, yes, that was the Morgan State assistant that picked up. I believe yes. it was a Morgan State so yeah. so that yeah that was right so, that was right in my area too and so that yeah we'll get we 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 do have the miak in our notes here right do we have a couple me we have at least one yeah, miak there's one but yeah. um yeah so i was wanting to bring it up because that was the last unfilled spot of the coaching cycle which means that we can do our coaching grades podcast sometime soon um do you do you think we'll we'll still do it soon either way? But do you think there'll be any more jobs that just like randomly pop in the middle of the off season? Oh well, I guess honestly, given our prior episode topics from time to time, we've talked about coaching. I don't want to say um, controversies or or scandals. Can I mean anything can arise from time to time in in this world of college basketball? Whether it could be something with a legal or or NCAA infraction. So not that we're rooting, ever rooting for that to happen, but. I guess I can't quite rule it out, right? So barring something like that, I guess we would assume the musical chairs stay put for the moment and we might be safe to hand out some uh, some of those grades, make a, make a report card out of it. But I, I, I you could see, I, I believe, was it North Carolina A&T made a change? Not, was it in the late summer? I'm trying to remember. There, the there, were, there were a few schools last year. It was Fairleigh Dickinson made a move a little late. Um, LIU, they made a move a little late. Manhattan made a really surprising move late as well and then uh Hartford's coach like quit the day before the season so that that I mean that's not really too relevant but yeah you you never think there's going to be like jobs that pop open in the middle of the summer but like it seems like every year just like one or two things happen so well, my memory was right, by the way, just to verify. Yeah. I had to trust but verify my own recollection yes. that it was. I, I do remember that one. Yeah, it was an announcement August of uh, 2022 when A&T had the uh, the leadership change, as they uh, as they phrased it, with uh, with Will Jones uh, headed out. So that, yeah, that was that, Will Jones was like a good coach, though. It, that that so. led, that was part of my 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 memory of it was, hey, that was a strange change that occurred. Mm-hmm. And we did say to Fairly Dickinson that Fairly Dickinson one was a little strange at the time, but I, th- I think it worked <laughs> out pretty well for them. So we'll, let's just get into the actual meat of the podcast. We will be talking about a lot of transfers, so might as well get started. And for the first mid-major we have to hit on is Gonzaga because we just have them in there because of the conference that they're in. That's kind of how we've been sorting this. 
but they they've like been one of the if not the biggest winner of the whole transfer portal getting transfers in Ryan Nemhard from Creighton, Graham Ike from Wyoming, and Steel Venters from Eastern Washington. This is this is a great transfer class. Like what do, what are your first thoughts about like these players? Of course they so Gonzaga, right? I mean, I I think we'll get pushback on Gonzaga even being in the mid-major transfer special with the way the per- I I'm with you though. They're in the conference such that we can include them, but uh Gonzaga are we really surprised that the Zags hit a home run here? I, of course, Nembar's the, the big name, but I, I really like getting Steel Venters, uh, keeping him in the region and just getting a, getting him a promotion up from the big sky. Uh, Venters, uh, he's 15 points a game last season, just in a three big sky contest. player of the year. Yeah, standing at six seven, he's got he's mm-hmm. he's plenty playing nimble at six seven, playing guard. So yeah, it's it it's a great class for Gonzaga, and it's it I think equips Gonzaga to be. I mean, we kept talking about throughout the season, maybe Gonzaga wasn't top 10, right? Well, like, or at least wasn't the same kind of profile of a Gonzaga team that we, we've been getting ourselves accustomed to. I think Gonzaga's gearing up to be you know, holding back no punches in 2023. Yes. So, yeah, Nemhar, that was, that was a bit of a surprising one. At one point, he uh, it seemed like he was going to Arizona. And I think I heard at one point, like, he was, like, committed to, like, the staff of Arizona, not publicly, but, like, so this was a surprising one, even though his brother played there, like, two years ago. And one of the reasons he's likely going there is because his brother was is in the NBA, and I don't follow the NBA to a great extent, but I think he's been, like, doing fairly decent for, a, like, a second-round rookie. But yeah, I think I think Gonzaga is a great move for him because well, first of all, if you if he goes to Arizona, they also have Kyle, Kylan Boswell who's like ready to break out, and that would be kind of tough. I mean, they, they could play together, but I think Gonzaga is great because even at Crane, he was like he he wasn't like a first or second option on offense. So even so, I and he can like create. So I think Gonzaga is like a good place where like he has the ability to do it. Obviously he's a bit he's significantly shorter than his brother who made the NBA, but I think he also can like be more assertive on offense. So and then, and then you have Graham Ike who did not play this year uh due to injury, but he he was he was a Mountain West preseason player of the year. He he was good at Wyoming in two years ago when they made a tournament. He's a a pretty traditional big man, works uh inside the paint, doesn't can't doesn't really have range, but he is he is pretty dominant in there. And although his he has limitations because he can't really shoot, like this is still a great pickup. Like, yeah, he's not Drew Timmy, but like he's probably still like a top a hundred player like in college basketball if he if he uh if he is what he was when he was healthy and then you mentioned venters he's i think venters just like fit and great like he'll be just a great role player for gonzaga so any final thoughts about the zags transfer class well i it's too soon to pull a cliche but rich 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 get richer and gonzaga is going to be i i and if you have a bingo card for our first YouTube episode and you want to see how quickly I get to mentioning possibilities of realignment, we don't know anything about Gonzaga maybe enjoying a Power Six conference yet in the future. But, the, I mean, 
if Gonzaga were to be in the Big 12 at some time, the Gonzaga is going to be even more of a player in the portal in, in getting maybe existing Big 12 players. Like I, the, I think Gonzaga just will continue to uh, be on, be on, be on the, be on the upswing. Uh, and Mark Few isn't isn't going anywhere either. No, he is not. Um, moving on to the A10 for our conference things. Um, Dayton got Enoch Cheeks from Robert Morris. Um, how how familiar are you with him? Like watching him play and stuff. Yeah, I, I made my way out to Moon Township once in my time to uh, Robert Morris University, right right outside Pittsburgh. And uh, Cheeks, he he was a big time starter at guard for Robert Morris. Now Robert Morris's season ended in the horizon quarterfinal and overtime loss against Cleveland state cheeks led Robert Morris in minutes in that game with 42. He didn't have his best day in terms of uh, caring for the basketball. He had five turnovers to match his five assists and he was held at two for 11 from the field uh, for five points. So that game in particular, they finishes out on wasn't characteristic of his season. Uh, overall though, uh, Cheeks is another similarly I mentioned with the Eastern Washington transfer. Cheeks is a guy who scored 15 a game uh, and a bit more active in rebounding and assists, though. I mean, you look at four, four point four rebounds a game, three and a half assists a conference, uh, assist a conference, three and a half assists a game in 2022. So versatile player. And I think it doesn't does a good job here making a quick I don't know if it's a quick trip. I don't want to trip up in my geography, but going over from uh, Pittsburgh area to Dayton, that's not too bad. It gets to gets to be towards a the middle of the Midwest of the country. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good, I think it's a good move for, uh, for both parties. Yeah. He can really like play defense. Um, he was top five in the horizon and steals per game and blocks per game, which the blocks per game is especially impressive considering he's like a six, three point guard. And yeah, like he, he can, he, he's a really well-rounded player can shoot a ball decent passes a ball. Good can rebound turnovers are a little bit concerning, but when you have a player that's like so high usage as him, sometimes you just got to live with that. Right. Right. It's a matter of volume, right? We talk about volume of shooting well, volume of volume of ball handling. And, and he, he evens it out a little bit, right? Like if you're going to turn the ball over from time to time on offense, the least you can do is continue to be active on defense and make it go the other way too. And so like there's the steals and, and the blocks talk about his bounce, you know, at that height. Yeah. So I think it's, and it's very coachable too. Like you, you can you can get that 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 uh you know ball security coached up as well. Yes. Moving on in the conference with George Mason, they lost their coach, but they brought in some real talents. They got Darius Maddox, Kishan Hall, Woody Newton, and they also got a few other guys. But we're gonna focus on those three. And like Tony Skin, he's been bringing in some talent. Like, is is he a better recruiter than Kim English? <laughs> I think I think we might have I we, I need to see the results from this coming season. I want I love, I want to see how the teams how the teams stack up in each of their respective conferences. But I, it's a good sign for George Mason that we're ha we're having that question posed a little bit, right? Because it's, it's been a busy it's been a busy all season for the Patriots. Yeah, and I mean I don't mean to jump the gun in this with asking that question, but like English got his fair share of talent, but like a lot of the really good guys he got were guys he had coached before in the past. And while it's still notable that he's able to get them, like that, that connection was already there. So, but like, these are like three good pickups that I don't think like Skin had like huge associations with in the past. And Matt Maddox is good. Like he was supposed to be a huge breakout player this year. Um, wasn't as good as uh maybe he was hyped up to be with that breakout, but he was still a solid player in the ACC for 
Virginia Tech. He averaged um, – let me pull up. Uh, just doesn't want to load. I think he averaged like eight a game. Um, but, yeah, he, he's a solid wing, very solid, very – probably like potentially all-conference A-10 player for sure. Um, then you have Keyshawn Hall, who was a big – He's like a big guard, like he can like handle the ball, he can like drive to the rim, and he's like built like a forward. So he didn't play a ton at UNLV, but his uh per forty like per numbers were he pretty impressive. He scored a lot considering uh he was not in a game that much. And Woody Newton, um Woody Newton might have to sit out this year because he's a multiple time transfer. But was it was he he might have been at Syracuse? No, I don't think he was at Syracuse the same time as you. But do you have any recollection of him playing there? I mean, he didn't really play that much there. But. Yeah, I think I'm trying to recall his being on on, on the roster. Uh, I I know him better as just being from the, in from Maryland. It's a it's a good homecoming for him to get back to the George Mason, get back to that you know Northern Virginia. Are you, are you familiar with? Uh, are, are you familiar with his like? Uh, play style and I didn't see I didn't get to see I didn't get to see much of him at uh SCU I didn't um but you talk about a, a bigger guard earlier in this discussion with George Mason well and Woody Newton's listed at 6'9 at, at guard so more more height yeah I mean I mean he was a solid player Oklahoma State averaged like 4.3 points 3.4 rebounds not amazing from the field but like th- those guys only get better once they move up, once they move down in competition, and he's still he's still like at a decently high level. Like A ten is, you know, they they sucked this past year, but like it, it's still some talent. Um, Loyola Chicago, they got some guys because they they needed some guys because this this was a rough year for Loyola Chicago, and year two under Drew Valentine was a failure. But, like, the portal changes so many things. So, in the portal, they have gotten Damon Delacoon, Greg Dolan, Desmond Watson, and Patrick Mwamba. And I think these are all pretty decent gets. I really like Adelican. He's He was super efficient at Dartmouth. Dolan, another Ivy League guy. He, he was also a really efficient guy from Cornell. Desmond Watson's like already an A ten starter, and then Mwamba just committed the other day is a pretty versatile forward that played at Oral Roberts this past season. Any thoughts on any of these guys individually, this team as a whole? Anything on the Ramblers? On the Ramblers, the much maligned Ramblers of this past season. I mean, the, it's a rude welcome to the A ten, and when you have a bit of a season that really sets you back puts you back on square one as a program and you're making what turns out to be a lengthy transition to a new conference in terms of being viable competitively. Yeah. You need a bit of a reset in the portal. Obviously that goes without saying and Watson an existing a 10 starter. That's a good start uh, coming in uh, from, from Davidson just under 10 points a game. Look at just over an assist per contest, not the same uh, productivity on the defensive end, but um, six, five guard, from Ohio, so he's going to be somebody who's going to be back in the Midwest. I'm always looking back, maybe guys transferring closer to home, and yeah, it's it it's one of those 
seasons were coming up where I'm curious to see how minutes are completely differently distributed from the starting lineup of the prior season. Like Loyal Chicago is going to have a big, a big turnover of its, I think it's starting group. Yeah. I think they have Philip Austin back who was like actually really good. The D two transfer. Um, They do lose some guys, but like, the portal, like you can like get you can like win like instantly from the portal. And I think like I remember last year Loyal was like close with some guys, like in a top three, and like it didn't get to ended up being really good. So like well, I am kind of concerned about maybe that Drew Valentine isn't that good. Like I'm gonna give him like a few more years because like this is an impressive portal class. So Yes. Yeah, you, as a head coach, as a head coach, you're almost resetting the clock a little bit when you put together this kind of portal class. Like you're, so okay, you kind of send a message that there's going to be a, a new set of expectations, new, 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 fresh blood. Yes, UMass they got Josh Cohen, and I know you are a huge Josh Cohen fan. So tell the people what UMass is getting. Oh, uh, UMass is getting a hooper. <laughs> I, I have to say, UMass is getting a hooper, one of the best big men, not only available from from mid majors in the transfer portal, but one of the best big men out there. Six ten out of Lincroft, New Jersey, over twenty points a game, eight point three rebounds a contest, also dishing two and a half assists per game. So that court vision from uh, the center position. I mean, I, I he's listed as a forward in a few places, but I mean, I call him a center as well. Uh, the court vision, the facilitation for his teammates is there. Almost one block and one assist per game in 2022-23 as well. This is this is a complete package, Austin. This is this this is a package. Shot 58.5% from the field. That was top 30 nationally. Yeah, jo- Josh Cohen from Lor- from St. Francis University in Loretto, Pennsylvania. I've I've stopped there uh, my fair share of times. Been cross paths with SFU, the Red Flash, and yeah, Josh Cohen is Josh Cohen's one. Of, he he has to have put himself just by his number of years at St. Francis. He has to have put himself in the conversation for one of the best players to, to wear that uniform. And it's a big, it's a big get for, it's a big get for UMass. Uh, I'm very interested to see how uh, Josh Cohen acclimates to Amherst, but yeah, it's, it's, I, it was at least along the, uh, you know, that, that mid Atlantic Northeast corridor up here, this, that was this Cohen move was one of the biggest, was one of the most splashy moves that we saw. Yes, like I watched St. Francis maybe like once this year, but like Cohen has some like skilled moves. Like he's not just some big guy that has like no skill and just like will like try to finish over you every time. Like he 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 has some he has some touch in the paint, which although he can't really shoot, like he he can really score inside. And yeah, like this this is a great pickup for UMass because Cohen's a guy that could have gone high major. Like if if he wanted to, but maybe like this is more where he'll actually succeed and we're the best fit for him, which I like to see guys doing that. Go to where you'll actually be good because the grass is not always greener. Um, Rhode Island got a few guys. They got Jaden House from High Point, Zeke Montgomery from Bradley, Luis Courtright from Quinnipiac. Um, th- these are all like okay gets. Um. I'm not a huge fan of House personally, but he is athletic enough to compete at day 10 level. I'm just concerned about his efficiency. And I think of the two high point transfers, Zach Austin that went to Pitt is significantly better. Um, Montgomery 
is also an athlete. Like he is good, and I really like his pickup. Uh, Courtright is also another player that like is probably worthy of playing at a ten level. He was a pretty solid point guard for Quinnipiac this last season. Um, any any thoughts on these three pickups? Yeah, Archie Miller looking to. I mean, it's not a reclamation project. Like the whole program at URI is pretty well supported. It's not a reclamation project, but the season they're coming off of. We talk about Little Chicago. That was one thing, but URI has certainly been established in the A10 for quite some time. And to go nine and twenty-two overall and five and thirteen in conference, that was it. Was it wasn't it wasn't Rody's best year? So this 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 crop of transfers represents a, a new slate. Yeah, you mentioned Montgomery's athleticism uh, out, of, out of Louisville, Kentucky, and coming over from the Bradley Braves. Uh, three just under three and a half rebounds a game uh, for the six-six guard. Pretty good. I mean, you talk about efficiency on Montgomery's end. Pretty good efficiency at forty three and a half percent thereabout in that in that ballpark, but um, th- I'm interested in the pickup of Courtright from Quinnipiac. Uh, I just kind of am interested in that that makes sense regionally uh, coming over uh, from the Bobcats. Ten points a game, just under four assists a game, so a good. I get, I mean, would I be? I guess is it not often? Did he, Courtright didn't play point for? The Bobcats, did he? he um, I, I would call it might have been Desi Jones. Um, yeah. I don't know. The, I can't say I really watched. Quite Just based a on the numbers, I could see Courtright being a quality combo guard for URI. I mean, we'll have to see how they how they all line up because this is one of those bigger classes that we we're going to touch on in the in the A10. So it's it, it's going to be a number of pieces to uh, to move around for Archie. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was kind of Desi Jones, but they. I mean, they're he's. He can run the point a little bit. They also got a transfer's night in David Green from Louisiana Tech, formerly of Hofstra. Do you remember him at all? I don't think he played a ton, but he yeah, did play I, Hofstra. I might. I mean, it's 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 a name I might vaguely recognize, but I could have I could be even confusing that name with another somebody else I saw play. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to give you the the full Hofstra Hofstra era breakdown of him, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I don't, he played like. In 2020-21, he played like 18 games, 3.1 points per game as a freshman. Nothing nothing crazy, but he did play there before. And that's another like, solid pickup. Maybe you're hoping that they Rhode Island gets someone like... Like these, these three guys are all good, but Rhode Island might need like a go-to guy. And they got a few good Juhu guys as well, so... I'm interested to see how year two of RG goes because year one was not ideal. But anyway, St. Louis picked up CJ Nolan from Oklahoma. He didn't play a ton of Oklahoma. Like he he played, but I think this is a perfect like landing spot for him. So I'm interested to see if you have any thoughts on Nolan. Yeah, Nolan, I mean, he played under a half a game at Oklahoma, and St. Louis, I do think, makes plenty of sense for him to kind of have a pathway to playing time. And I mean, play, he's one of those players where I do think, I mean, you, you've seen bits and pieces of production scoring-wise and rebounding. I mean, he averaged three points and a, and a rebound per game in this last season. But one of those players I think will probably, we'll see what he can really do, see how much of his ceiling he can really approach when he gets 
what we would think would be more frequent minutes uh, with the Billikens. So uh, it's, I mean, we can't also sleep on the fact this is a guy who's was, you know, a big 12 player, right? Does that mean power, power conference player coming of St. Louis? Uh, and, and so like that, he got, he got minutes. Like, yeah, he played. It wasn't like he just solid rotation so, minutes. Yeah. So I think at least by the profile of it, make this is one of those transfers that can be very much mutually beneficial. But I, I just wish we got to, we're going to, I don't want to say like, it's not a situation like the jury is out. Like, I'm not overly skeptical of him or anything. It's just a matter of, uh, we have to see have to see how he how he how he gels with the existing roster as, as with all of these guys. Yes, um, Charles Pride has committed to St. Bonaventure. Um, I I think this is a good pickup for St. Bonaventure. I don't really like Pride at the high major level, but I think this is a good middle ground. He can uh, he can really score. Um, although there have been some questions about his like. Uh, efficiency at times I believe and like how effective like I think his stats dropped up a little bit even like moving up in conferences uh, this season I guess efficiency wasn't that bad but yeah I mean I mean he's solid for sure like I I think this is a great pickup if you're saying Bonaventure yeah I'm I'm with you I I mean I I don't really think I have any concern about efficiency. I mean, he maybe 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 like defense a little bit. Yeah, could be a concern, possibly, but, and then, but, but then, like no, nothing like, major. Right. I mean, you you can talk about defense and say, well, okay, well, was that even a if that wasn't a weakness for St. Bonaventure prior to Pride's commitment? Then really, if, if the Bonnies really feel like they can they can already based on how they're set up live with that, they, they they're going to take these. I mean, he's he's going to be a pretty good bet for fifteen points a game. Uh, he averaged 14.6 this past season, uh, 17.7 points a game in 21-22. So that would have been that would have been Bryant's final season in the NEC, right? So it would have been NEC. They wrapped up the NEC, and they, they were in the America East for their first season in the America East in 22-23. So, I mean, maybe a slight decrease in points per game with the number of games in conference play against uh, the higher at echelon competition in the region. But Charles probably was one of those – I kept hearing it. I heard it as soon as he entered. He was one of those names I heard a lot in this in this area. So, uh, out of, coming out of Syracuse, New York, six four two hundred. He's played a he's played his fair share of college basketball. And uh, Saint Bonaventure, Saint Bonaventure, I think needed to pick up somebody like he needed to pick up a scorer like this. So this this uh, this this checks this checks a box for a lot of folks I know in the uh, in the sports journalism space who who are rooting for Saint Bonaventure. Yeah, can we just appreciate the fact real quick here that Minnesota got out recruited by St. Bonaventure, and St. Bonaventure has like no NIL, and they are a school in a significantly worse conference, and yes, like like Minnesota, like one, I think Minnesota, like it might have been another case where like he was silently committed, then he switched up to St. Bonaventure, but like, <laughs> what is Ben Johnson doing over there, like? St. Bonaventure also like it's a name that is recognizable in, in college basketball. However, it's I need to check. It's it's located in like a pretty remote area. Like it's not exactly like you might say, oh, who would want to play in Minneapolis? Like, well, at least that's like a city. Like I know it's freezing cold, but at least it's a city. You know, you got power, power mm-hmm. six support. But I'm looking to take a look. I can't even get Google Maps to pull it up right now. I mean, say Bonaventure. I mean, I'm not trying to dump on like I'm not trying to pile on say Bonaventure. I'm just saying that it's say Bonaventure doesn't have all the all the perks of a no, I mean they don't have NIL. Like that that's a big thing. Like yeah, it's the biggest thing. Yep. 
But yes, that was a solid pickup. VCU got a lot of guys. Uh, they got a few guys from Utah State, Sean Bairstow, Max Shulga. They got Joe Bamisil, who's really been everywhere, <laughs> but formerly last recently of Oklahoma. Jason Nelson stayed in Richmond uh, to VCU. And Roosevelt Wheeler from Louisville. And like this, this is a solid class to start off for Ryan Odom. Bringing those two guys, Shulga and Bearstow, in was huge. Like those guys are proven like really good players at a similar level. So like those, they're like proven like plus starters. So Bamisil will probably have to sit out. I don't see how he gets a waiver. I don't think he's a grad transfer, but he he was like bad at Oklahoma, but like he was also decent at. George Washington in the A-10. So um, Jason Nelson, he was a solid piece. Um, I th- think he was a freshman this year. He might have been a redshirt freshman. I'm not 100% sure on that. But he was a guy where his like, efficiency wasn't great, but he's also a freshman putting up like halfway decent numbers. So sometimes you just have to live with that and hope it'll get better. And Roosevelt Wheeler is kind of like a, a potential like pick. Like Louisville sucked, but he's he's a big man, and hopefully it'll be good. I guess I've also heard they're strong in the mix for Afton Reed, who will hmm. also likely need a waiver. But so, what what are your thoughts about these guys? Ryan Odom, as I would. I mean, I'm not saying this as like, oh, it was my prediction, but as you'd expect, pulling in. You know, Utah State players follow on him a bit. Uh, Max Sulga, it's interesting to me. I mean, he's listed as birthplace in Ukraine. So he comes all the way from Ukraine to Utah State for Coach Odom and is now going across the country within in the U.S. to over to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so that, that's interesting. I mean, Sulga just under 12 points a game, four assists a game, four and a half rebounds a contest uh, in 35 games played. So a regular getting just over 30 minutes a contest. So I, that's somebody who I, I in this group I'm I'm looking at as well. But yeah, I mean, I this is a good uh, pending the waivers that you're alluding to. It's a it's a great starting point for year one to be a good one for Odom, and uh, I I'm I'm glad I'm happy to have Coach Odom back in that you know DMV because he he remains a big name in the, in the DMV. He'll 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 never have to buy a drink in uh, Cannesville, Maryland, with that UMBC legacy. So if he wants to make his way back up there, but now back on the floor of VCU, it. I mean, it's not, it's a program that's been in good shape. Obviously, that they, they there was the success of VCU that what uh, was to its detriment in a sense with that Coach Rhodes getting the call up. But yeah, it's 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 a good spot for VCU to kind of keep this keep this momentum going. Yeah, I mean, VCU will look totally different next year. But all in all, I think they'll they won't like skip a beat. Like I I think they will continue to roll on. VCU is a place you can absolutely win at. Ryan Odom left a very good job at Utah State. Like. I mean, he he obviously wanted to be close to home, but like, you, there's a certain level that job has to right. be actually good for you to move all the way True. across the country. I mean, we could do an exercise and say how many A10 jobs could pull ahead an existing Mountain West head coach from that Mountain West job, and it's like a like good an Mountain average, West like job. even an average Mountain West job. Like it, it's it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. That's a good conference, all in all. So it yeah, it's impressive at VCU. Yeah, but VCU is probably the best. A ten job? Would you agree with that? Like in no, all, I want to rattle. I, so Dayton comes Dayton, to mind. Yeah, Dayton's, I was gonna say that Dayton, Dayton's facility, Dayton's just basketball. 
hub, a hotbed of support. Uh, so that's that's like that's a good competitive compare comparison there. But beyond that, St. Louis, I think, has good facilities. Maybe yeah. yeah I mean, I mean I pretty... St. Louis does. I don't know how. I get. I mean, okay, this is not something that's ever been reported, or, but just like speculating, like, maybe do we even know St. Louis is going to be in the A10 like for reliably that many years into the future? Like, and I'm not saying the A10 would want to. Where, where would they go? Well, I'm not totally sure of that, but I just I'm just thinking about. I'm thinking about <laughs> a lot. Of dom- I'm thinking a few dominoes ahead, but as long as St. Louis is in the A10, uh, yeah, I do think that that that's a good one. But I feel like I just based on recent success too. Maybe we're living in prisoner of the moment, but yeah, Dayton. Maybe I don't, I'm not so. You know, Jeff Goodman, our friend Jeff Goodman, did do a a, a survey of coach of like anonymous coaches at different levels, maybe assistant coaches, head coaches about the best jobs in a league. I'll have to do some homework after this and see where. <laughs> Where VCU and Dayton stacked up for for in that A10 ranking, but anyway, yeah, but that could either be way, VCU is a very good job. <laughs> VCU is a good job. Odom's a good coach, and this is a good transfer portal class. Mm-hmm. Great <laughs> Moving on to the AAC, Charlotte, who will be in their first year of the conference, has picked up some solid gifts: Deshaun Jackson from Washington State and Dean Reber from Rutgers. Um, Jackson is the one I really like. He is a big man. He was pretty productive at Washington State. Um, his numbers don't like jump off the page, but he can really play some solid defense. He's just like, he's actually like really good on defense. Can decent shot blocker, just like good all around defense. Not a huge offensive force, but like he's moving down a level. So I think, like it and Dean Reber I don't think like played a ton at Rutgers but like kind of was marginally in rotation so if you can get a player like that Charlotte you probably take him thoughts um on yeah. these guys yeah you absolutely would when it comes to Reber 610 so he's gonna bring plenty of height uh to the American athletic he is yeah he just didn't didn't get anything more than single digit minutes at Rutgers so I'm not, I'm not passing in too much judgment beyond, uh, yeah, it gets to come back to the, he's originally from Greensboro. So yeah, it's a good, 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 good spot for him. And, uh, I mean, Charlotte in general is, I mean, I know it's a really crowded space across D one athletics in North Carolina, but Charlotte is the school, right. For that, that particular metro area, at least by name. Right. I mean, I know that it's needless to say that the ACC schools there are, uh, are, uh, compl- playing a completely different game, but, Charlotte, Charlotte's going to, I mean, in this new look American Athletic Conference, Charlotte's, depending on the kind of success it's going to have, tapping into that. Very yeah, I mean, I mean they won the CBI. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, ECU, ECU got a few pickups. Bobby Pettiford, I like, I really like Bobby Pettiford. I think he was, like, good at Kansas. Like, he just maybe didn't get the minutes that just weren't available for him there. But, like, I think that he is a high major player. So if ECU gets him, I mean, they did get him, but with ECU getting him, like the Pirates, they got a real good pickup in Pettiford, who also I believe is from North. He's from North Carolina. And they also got Cam Hayes, who is another guy that might not be eligible this year, but it's still like a good pickup. Like LSU was terrible, but like he's... He was solid at LSU. Like he started a total 
of 45 games in the high major level, like you absolutely take that when you're a struggling ASC program like the Pirates. Yeah, East Carolina, EC, e- ECU. I, I, now I associate ECU a lot with the football program through so some connections there, but ECU is, is ECU is another school that is well regarded for the student life, student experience. Like it, you can recruit there, but you're gonna have to start with winning, right? So like Bobby Pettiford, I, I like Bobby Pettiford too. I like I, the minutes. It's not like he he cracked a ton at, at Kansas, but when he was on the floor, he, he ended he wound up in last season with a shooting percentage of over fifty percent, you know, from the field. I feel, so I feel it, like I feel like Pettiford is just one of those guys you like just like watch and like you're good. Like the numbers don't like yeah. stick stick off the page, but like I watch him, like he he is a good basketball player. Yeah, you gotta trust you gotta trust what you, you gotta trust what you see at some point. You don't have to overthink it too 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 much. And uh, yeah, I I. I'm it's it and this is gonna be a theme of the mid-major episode of course but you just kind of ear, earmark these these stat pages and kind of say okay I want to come back to this in a year after they've played their their first season in uh at the new school and and in that new conference when whatever change setting it might be and see see that growth and see how much of that was realized under the coaching staff that obviously recruited the all these guys were or in many cases it's not like this was a settled thing when they entered the portal there there's competition for Pettiford and for for all these other P five name P six names, I mean to say, and so if you're if you by choosing like ECU in this case, like that's a commitment to that staff. I want to see how that staff brings him along. I mean, it's it, he played just over twelve minutes a game. Uh, three point percentage wasn't the same efficiency as general field goal percentage, but um, they're they're gonna there's gonna be possibly starter type capacity here for him at the Pirates. Yeah, um, Mem- Memphis got a really good transfer class so far. They have Caleb Mills, Jonathan Pierre, and Nick Jordan, T. Phil Lennard. And, like, th- these, this is a good transfer class. And, obviously, Memphis has the money to bring in classes like this. But th- this is pretty significant because they lost a ton. Um, let's see. Yeah, like, th- this is a good class. Um Obviously, you are probably familiar with Jordan being at Temple. He's probably the the fourth member of this. They also got a guy from UCF, Jalen Young, who's like a solid bench player. But, I mean, yeah, Jordan's probably one of the uh, lesser impact players. But, like, are are you familiar with him? Yeah, I mean, Jordan standing at 6'8 at his forward position, uh, he did have – uh, one at one point one assist and one point one blocks per game in twenty two twenty three. Uh, didn't take many threes and wasn't a high percentage of that. But of course, that's not the primary game. I mean, the primary game is going to be those four and a half rebounds. I mean, it's a guy at Temple who was get, getting the rebounds to really match his uh, scoring production in, in points. And yeah, he he's a good it, defender. It can, be a good support, and... it can be a good supporting player probably at, at at Memphis, especially when you. I mean, you already contextualized us for it for us really nicely. Is they lost a lot. The Tigers did so that, that I do think that he 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 profiles well to kind of be uh, be in that role for Memphis. Yeah, he he's a great defensive backup big. Um, they also got Caleb Mills, who uh was was like really good at Houston his freshman year. Played on some bad Florida State teams, but was like still pretty solid. He was probably their best player this year, even though they were pretty bad. Um, but yeah, that is a good pickup. He can really score the ball, can shoot the ball. They also got Jonathan Pierre from Nova Southeastern, the D two champions, and like he he was like really like the biggest like buzz player of the portal. Like he was like 
he said like 130 D1 schools or whatever reached out to him, which who, who knows if it's actually true, but like he is pretty good. Like he is super athletic and really has a good skill set. Like even though he was D2, like Nova Southeastern is good. Like they could have competed with lots of D1 programs. They went undefeated, scored like 100 points a game. Um, Yeah. And then, Tifel Leonard, he can really he's a great defensive player. Like he's looked at like as a pro prospect, like and that is mainly because of his defense, athleticism, like he absolutely could have gone to like the power six. Obviously Memphis is sort of a power six school in the high major level, but yeah, like he can really play defense, average one point six steals, one point eight blocks per game. He's an athlete. So any thoughts about those other guys? You you said it all really well, and I Memphis because it has the the financials, the the NIL like swirling around it, like and just the profile of a of a P six. Like I start to even like the Tigers honestly start blending into that for me. Like I I have to remind myself, yeah, they, we 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 can, we can include them in the American Athletic portion of this episode. It's and to get to get the Nova Southeastern stud is. Is, is, it, that's going to be something I think that we just keep coming back to during the season because I, honestly, it might not be, it could be some overreaction or exaggeration that you look at maybe, a, I, I don't know, it could easily be true. But even if let's say the real number that reached out to him in terms of D1 schools, it was like 100 D1 schools, that's still ridiculous. And I can't think of how many players actually can have that to their name where they had 100 schools in their phone and one. So yeah, it, it's it's a heck of a pickup for Memphis. Absolutely. Um Rice got a few solid pickups in Anthony Selden, uh, I believe he's from Gardner-Webb, Noah Shelby from Vanderbilt, and Sam Alajiki from Cal. These are all three, like, pretty solid pickups. Selden is a solid wing. Shelby didn't play that much at Vanderbilt, but was a pretty highly regarded recruit. Alajiki was, like, decent on a terrible Cal team as a freshman, or maybe he was a sophomore. Yes, he was a sophomore, but he, he was still, like, decent-ish. I mean, they they sucked, but he's he's a solid player, solid pickup for Rice. Um, this this isn't some like huge special transfer class, but these are three solid pickups, and it's hard to look over what they've done. Any any quick thoughts on Rice? I think it makes sense for Rice to get. I mean, so not you're not gonna get, you're not gonna be able to get everybody you want in the portal when you're Rice, but for a number of reasons, one of them being not everybody's gonna get into school. So it makes sense to go after a guy who was able to attend Vanderbilt. You know, Vanderbilt's a high one of those higher level academic schools in the SEC. Noah Shelby didn't didn't get to prove his you know high recruiting status based on based on the minutes with Vandy, but he's from McKinney, Texas, so he gets back uh, to his home state. So I mean, that's one that's one that I kind of am gonna be looking at, especially. But yeah, Rice Rice maximized what it could do uh, based on all of its con- you know not not and I'm not trying to slander Rice here, but you know based on his constraints, this is a good this is a good pull. Yeah, Rice is a four-star coming in, too. Keanu does. He, I mean, he's been committed for a while. Like, this isn't new news, but, like, Rice is... It, it's a good academic school, so, like, they can get... They have some pull in that area. Um, South Florida, they picked up some guys from Kansas State following Abdur Rahim. They got Chris Youngblood, who is... He's a really good one. And then they also got Brandon Stroud and Cason Jennings. Then the other day they picked up North Florida transfer, Jose Placer. Um, I'm really intrigued by Chris Young, but like 
Chris Youngblood, he's an, he he was like a good recruit out of high school that went to Kennesaw State, and he can like really score the ball. He's a pretty like big guard, like he he is good. So, and any thoughts on him specifically? Oh yeah, Chris Youngblood was one of the bigger. I mean, I I don't call him a star because Kennesaw State couldn't finish the upset in round one of the NCAA tournament, but. Yeah, I got to know Youngblood's name as I was watching Kennesaw State through the conference tournament the Owls had, and I was thinking, I mean, not only does he have a cool name, right, but if he supports it with how he plays. Like, yeah, he he is going to be very interesting to track at USF. Has a continuity of, of course, following his head coach. But, and I don't want to turn it from Youngblood unfairly, but Placer is interesting to me. Like, I know he's not going to get the same attention, but going from North Florida to South Florida is a cool move, and beyond that, He's coming off of a, a senior season. He had exactly 14 points a game. Make it now three straight seasons. He's averaged uh, at least 14 points a game. That level of consistency to go with just under three assists a game this past season. Uh, I, I think Placer is going to, I think he's going to maybe, you know, kind of forge his own name as well. So, it, and he's been available consistently. He was just a great presence for the Ospreys. He played 23 games in each of the, two seasons in 2020 and 2021 and then kicked it up to 31 games played this past season. So he's been even, he was even more of a mainstay uh, this most recently completed season. So I, 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 uh, I think like, I guess it's unfair to call it under the radar because he it's, I am remembering, right. He was all conference at North Florida, right. He had to be, I'm just yes, not fine. Uh, was it? Two time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Multi-time all conference player making a move. Uh, so I think, and that, and that, that's interesting to me too, just because sure. It's good. The Kennesaw state movers, that makes sense, but good, good to be able to recruit in the transfer portal within the state of Florida as he enters it uh, in his first season at South Florida. Mm-hmm. Stroud, Stroud is a really solid defensive pickup as well. He was probably Kansas State's best defensive player. No need to go in depth there, but that's a solid pickup. Um, SMU, um, they got a few high major transfers in Chuck Harris from Butler, Denver Eglin from Georgetown, and Tyree Smith from Oklahoma State. These guys are all were all like not amazing at high majors. Chuck Harris was actually probably the best out of the group. He was like he was he was actually pretty good. He averaged like ten at Butler every year, double digits in all three years. So that's a guy that you're definitely gonna take. Anglin didn't really play as a freshman, but was highly regarded in the class of twenty twenty two as one of the best shooters and Smith is a guy that was decent at Oklahoma state. Um, so yeah, like, like he, he's a solid pickup, especially for SMU. He was serviceable in the big 12. Um, just to touch on Denver Anglin, um, briefly as he, as he, as he, yeah, as he has the SMU, he, he was four stars, I think, out of Montclair, New Jersey. And his, yes. his offers, I mean, were what you'd expect. Miami had an offer in. Look at Northwestern put in an offer. Providence, uh, Penn State, UConn, Seton Hall, Stanford got some national attention, TCU. So it, it it's a player who, who there are plenty of other coaches who, uh, foresaw the potential in college. So I, I think it's intriguing to see how he'll do in Dallas uh, for this SMU program. 
Yeah, yeah, he was supposedly like a super good shooter, but shot terribly at Georgetown. But at the same point, he's like one year removed from what he was in high school. Like, how much different really is he? So, so this is a definitely a good pickup for SMU. Um, moving on to Tulane, they got a handful of pretty solid pickups. They got Colby King, St. John's, Asher Woods from VMU, Greg Glenn the third from Michigan, Jordan Wood from Howard, and these are all like solid pickups. Um. Tulane isn't like a huge basketball program, so they lost Jalen Cook. But like th- these are the type of guys that I think they need to get and just try to work with what they can do. Uh, King was I know a lot of people liked him, didn't do much at St. John's, but people liked his potential. Um, Glenn also is an athlete with potential. Woods was sold at VMI as a freshman, and Wood had some solid he's he's a big man he was pretty solid at howard um you got any thoughts about these guys yeah jordan wood at howard he was definitely a, a plus big man uh for them his freshman season at howard he put together 9.7 points a game and he did play 20, three 20, games but he, he he played three games but he played but three he, games. he was he was I good when he played by though. saying his good saying the good stuff first okay he, 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 he was like good when he played and yeah, he he's like yeah. a shooter too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So stretch. He showed. I'm what I'm trying to say is he showed it very early on, and then he kind of returned to that form uh, in his in his season most recently completed. So uh, it's certainly a guy who showed a lot of promise. I think it's tough for Howard to to lose him, but uh, Tulane. Yeah, Tulane's getting Tulane's getting somebody I think is on his way to realizing that full cost potential in Jordan Wood. I mean, six nine shooting big, like you know, he's. That's like a guy that translates up a level. And yeah, Tulsa, Tulsa really need to reload because they lost like everyone on their team to the portal. They, I don't even know if they kept it. They might have kept like one person, but like they had a massive reload and it was rightfully so because they were, they were terrible last year. But I think Conkle's like a pretty solid coach. It was year one, uh, it was rough, but they got Kobe Williams, Keaton Willis, both those guys from Louisiana Tech. They got Isaiah Barnes from Michigan, Chauncey Gibson from Clemson, PJ Haggerty from TCU. And yeah, this is like uh Williams and Willis are proven guys that Conkle has worked with, obviously. Then the other three are high major guys coming down with lots of eligibility left. So um what are your thoughts on this class? Yeah, def- huge, huge class for Tulsa, biggest class that we uh, will go over here in the AAC. And you, your summary your summary is strong. I think that looking at – it's hard. I mean, when you have this volume of a size of a transfer class, hard to say, like, how each of these incoming transfers is going to have the role change. Like, that, they all were, to some degree, successful at prior school or at least showed – you know, had, had, the, had the recruiting tape to show – the previous staff, you know, promised there, but without adjusting for that, Keaston Willis, uh, yeah, definitely from La Tech, 12 and a half points a game, three and a half uh, rebounds a contest this past season. That, that's, that, that, that should rise a bit. I mean, at this point, he's going to be in his, what is he going to be up to? He's going to be in up to his, um, is he gonna, is, is he gonna, he, he's yeah, been around. I, maybe, I know he played an incarnate word before, I think. Um, maybe, maybe, yeah, I think this will be his fifth year if my internet wants to 
work but he's yeah i believe this will be his yes he's played four years so yeah tulsa tulsa is gaining uh, it's gonna be a good a good a good summer training program and preseason for them making this all uh make sense together all these additions but it's not i the, and it's in the nature of the transfer portal it'll come up as we discuss this is these aren't like all oh, young kids you're trying to make fit together. They're, they're kids who played with a bunch of different players at times. Maybe if there's a player who's transferred once before, as we've seen, we're talking about uh, Willis here, they're going to be used to, you know, having to meet and greet new people and get acclimated. So yeah, Tulsa's Tulsa's got a ton of changeover, but yeah, Willis was the kind of the one I wanted to look at in particular, just based on numbers. Yeah. UAB got some guys in, Daniel Ortiz and James White, uh, two solid pickups. Ortiz was, I believe, he was an all-conference guy at North Alabama in the A-Sun. And White is uh, kind of a uh, potential pick as Ole Miss. He didn't really get the minutes, but I think he showed flashes of what he can do. And UAB is, uh, Andy Kennedy has really been working with some transfers so i i like both these pickups yeah james white was three stars as he originally uh committed to ole miss and now off to birmingham white had i'm trying to double check on the interest he had elsewhere i mean we talked about vcu he, earlier he had some good he had, he had some he had a lot of high major offers. Yeah, a good offer for vcu but then yeah it was a, it was a bunch of high major arkansas an offer a and m xavier so yeah it was it's one of those players who is, and you can bet those coaches who offered him originally were, were, were trying to get him <laughs> on the second time around, right? But so that makes UAB a big winner in this, edging out those uh, prior contacts. So good for good for UAB and yeah, that good long term play. Mm-hmm. UTSA, they're also moving to AAC and they got some pretty solid pickups in Jordan Ivy Curry who is a boomerang transfer Quincy McGriff solid the Duquesne Dante Holyman from UTRGV and Justin Thomas from Milwaukee don't have a ton to say about his class they're all just it's just like a combination of solid guys which UTSA can use to build on any thoughts yeah nothing not, nothing earth shattering in terms of thoughts here but uh UTSA you, when you're entering it, I mean, we're talking about half of these schools, it feels like in the American Athletic Conference, we're talking about when you're joining a new conference, because that's the case for a bunch of these. Joining a new conference, you don't want to end up like Loyola Chicago. So you, you're they're scouting all these transfers with that style of play in mind, that new conference's style of play in mind. So let's see how it shakes out. Yeah. Um, moving on to the Mountain West. No, we're not moving on to the Mountain West, because we have to talk about Wichita State who got Bijan Cortez, Harlan Beverly, Jacob Germany, and today they got Ronnie DeGray from Missouri. But, like, this is a good group. Paul Mills, um, first year. Cortez, like, played some solid minutes at Oklahoma. Beverly was good at Miami. Is fresh. It, it was, he was good a few years ago, and he might have got hurt and was never really back to what he was. Uh, Germany is coming from UTSA. In fact, and he is a solid big man. And Indy Gray did not play a ton at Mizzou this year, but was pretty good last year and also was pretty good in his time at UMass. Um, any thoughts about this 
Yeah. Yeah, Jacob Germany coming from UTSA. That's interesting to me. Good good situation for Wichita State as UTSA comes in the American Athletic. Just pluck one of those one of those top roadrunners in uh in, in Jacob Germany. 6-11 from Kingston, Oklahoma. What a what a presence at forward. Uh 12 points a game. Uh, he might threaten. I mean, it's going to be a different kind of competition inside, but he had just over eight rebounds a contest. I, I know players who are who are that close to ten rebounds a game. You want you want to get to double double life. Uh, that might not happen in that in in the American Athletic schedule. But um, play thirty games this past season. UTSA is going to miss. I mean, UTSA is going to miss him uh, in the interior going against the top, especially the top. I mean, what we what we what we really mean when we talk about the adjusting to life in the new league is when you're facing those top schools in your new conference for games that count in the league standings. Pretty really going to miss reliable rebounders and interior scores. Yeah, I, I wonder if Wichita gets Connor Vanover. Do you see that he entered a portal like two days ago? I I did. I did. I I wonder, I guess can't rule it out. Can't rule it out. I'm sure I'm sure there'll be plenty of in, plenty of interest, but it I I did see <laughs> what was it the most popular picture of him might be the one from the Arkansas <laughs> visit. What what was that picture of him next to next to Musselman? <laughs> yeah that I, I i know what you're talking about yeah 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 but like van i feel like a lot of people like to hate on vanover but like he, he's actually kind of good like he, he might have been bad at arkansas but like a lot of people love jamarian sharp who's like this seven five shot blocking big from western kentucky that committed all miss like connor vanover is basically jamarian sharp and connor vanover has an offensive skill set sharp does not like Vanover, Vanover can shoot the ball. He has some skill. Um, maybe there are things he does not bring, but like he's, yeah, he's pretty good. Because, if we, yeah, go ahead. Wish I say he gets him. That'll be a good pickup. But they haven't gotten him yet. But yeah, see, and the, one thing it's outsized hate for Vanover. Like this is just the internet era. Like I know our platform thrives in the internet. So like I can't be like that much of a hypocrite. But like let's be real. Like every player, regardless of height, is going to have some kind of weakness. But it's easier to unfair like not unfairly but just like be a bit more sarcastic and poke fun when the guy happens to be seven five like eh, that doesn't mean it's supposed to be easy and as long as he is seven five you're seeing vanover use that i mean he's he's getting over three blocks a game last season like let's let's ease up on it let's ease up on it but that's that's my i gotta get off my rant but yeah i mean let's just take it easy (laughs) moving on to the mountain west where boise state got some guys they got roddy anderson ucsd Cam Martin from Kansas, Nomar Stanley from St. John's. Boise could be good next year. They have Dejenhart coming back. They have Max Rice coming back. They have Chibuzo Egbo coming back. And to add in these transfers, like Boise State could be another tournament team. Um, do you have any big thoughts about these guys? One thing I do know about Boise State generally is that the athletic department that's pretty ambitious. And it's not just through football. I mean, Boise State's known for football, but you're you want to have all boats rise in your athletic department, especially if Boise State wanted to be in the Big Twelve someday. The Big Twelve is is not going to want to make any basketball sacrifices. So I am interested to see, you know, in each offseason how Boise State looks to elevate its program and keep it keep itself in in, uh, in a good spot in the Mountain West. And um, yeah, Cam Martin is probably like one of the bigger just names, just because it comes from Kansas. Uh, yeah, he, he is intriguing. Play much at all. 
is intriguing. Yeah, was D two transfer that was like a D two All American was kind of hurt at Kansas, but like a few other schools in this conference are getting D two All Americans that are like straight from D two, and like how different is Cam Arn from that? He's been D two All American and been under Bill Self for two years, so. Yeah, it's not. It's one of those where it's it's almost comparable to coming straight from D two. But oh, hey, by the way, you were you were playing or practicing or in the same locker room as one of the best staffs, you know, in the country. So I don't think that's necessarily something that's going to hurt. Now, looking to kind of kick off Rust and play, look to go through a season. That yeah, that, that's that's another thing. But yeah, I it's 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 going to be. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for him to get the sustained you know uh, production at Boise State. Yeah, Stanley is also a good pickup. Was. Pretty decent at St. John's. Um, Anderson also was was like put up good numbers as a freshman at UCSD. But Colorado State, they got some guys, including Nick Clifford, Javante Johnson, and Joel Scott. And I really like Scott. He's a D2 All-American, was one of the best players in D2 from Black Hill State, can really rerun the ball, can just really score the ball, has a little bit of skill inside, and can shoot a little bit, but not not necessarily what you would call a shooter but yes um you're probably not from super familiar with him uh i mean I, i'm not super familiar with him either i can't say i've ever watched him live because the one time black hill state actually did play uh northwest missouri state in the semifinals last like 2022 march madness but that was during our practice time so like we were listening to the game on our run, there but you, so you, so you, I you, I did not get to yeah. see him play. But okay, his stats and highlights suggest that he is a very good player. So I'm gonna roll with that. Listening to the game, I love to hear that support support <laughs> radio coverage of college basketball. I'm all about it. Yes, but Nick Clifford was like a starter at Colorado. Javante Johnson was a starter at New Mexico, and while there are definitely questions on those players about like how much. Really, they bring to the table like you add in two good starters, um, from teams that are in like close to uh, close to like them in like range. So yeah, I, I think those are two solid gets. Um, yeah, Nick, Nick Clifford did play a lot at Colorado. Was never a great free throw shooter, but still. I mean, if he figures that out a little more, there's there's scoring. There's that unlocks a little more scoring upside. So, yeah, he he was in the game for his defense. He was borderline atrocious on offense, but he I he can go really there. Play. I was just kind of trying to focus on you know maybe t- <laughs> he, he he shot <laughs> sub forty from the field, sub thirty yeah. from three, fifty three percent from two, and had negative zero point four offensive win shares, which is kind of terrible. But like he he can play defense, and if Isaiah Stevens is back, like this team could be kind of good again. Um, New Mexico, they got some guys in Jamarl Baker. Nelly Jr. Joseph and Mustafa Amzil. This is a great transfer class, and they have uh, Jalen House and Jamal Mashburn Jr. coming back. They have some good freshmen like New Mexico. New Mexico is going to be good again. I really like Nelly Jr. Joseph. Maybe not as good as Morris Udeze was last year, but like he will be close to that. He's a really good inside big. Um, Amzil can like he can. He's a talented like. 
scoring uh, wing forward. Um, and Baker is another like solid guard that can really fit in the backcourt with House and Mashburn. Um, do you have any big thoughts about these guys? A great move for New Mexico, in particular, to get Nelly Jr. Joseph so strong on both ends of the floor. So I was, yeah, I would definitely kind of re echo that thought. I mean, Junior Joseph, he was just a tick under 15 points a game and just off averaging a double double per game uh, across the. And when you look at his 35 games played this past season, so his field goal percentage came out to, what was it, 55%? That's top 50 in the country, Division One. So I, I, I'm, I'm, gonna lose track of which other schools offered junior joseph in the i mean it it was between new mexico and smu yeah yeah so i we, we talked about smu not not too long ago big big i mean that's a it's a big win that's a big win over uh, a school a school like smu it right it's an attractive spot right there in dallas so yeah i i think that that's uh gonna be one that pays dividends for new mexico in the mountain west season yes absolutely restriction waters has committed to san diego state which is this is this is a good pickup. Like he was good at USC. He was a Pac-12 six man of the year. Um, word on the street was that he was committed to UCLA. So apparently, San Diego State was able to get him at the last minute, which is pretty significant. Like he averaged ten points a game at the high major level on a tournament team. Um, so yeah, I this is a great pickup. Any thoughts? Yeah, how about San Diego State beating UCLA for for somebody? And now again, it's something that we're 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 it's it's a speculative situation, but yeah, and his it, role is likely bigger at San Diego State, but still, still, I mean, still at some point, like UCLA, one of, as as one of being one of those brands, like you got you got to keep it real. Like that's that's a good sign for a. Uh, I mean, again, I always bring this. I always bring this up talking about the bigger picture of these schools. But good, good. I, I mean, the Aztecs have to love that. Now they're 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 great basketball brain in their own right. They just had a pretty great uh, march. But if they want to find themselves in the Pac-12 sometime, inevitably they probably will. But it's, so it's it's good to kind of you know uh, not put the cart before the horse and get some get some recruited wins, get some portal wins against maybe a future conference mate. And uh, yeah, Dixon Waters is probably like one of the more prominent names who was looking to move schools just right there in that region, right there, moving in Southern California. So yeah, it's uh it's a good it's a good pickup for SDSU. On an SDSU team, it didn't have to do a ton of reimagining of its uh program or roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, UNLV, they got some guys. They got the Boone twins, uh formerly of Oklahoma State. Uh Keelan Boone played at Pacific this year. Um they're they're a little different players. Uh Keelan can shoot the ball Caleb Boone does not really shoot, but Caleb Boone was like all big 12 this year. He is a super efficient player, just really good on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, Keelan is a little more offensive minded, uh, as shown in his shooting numbers, but also a solid defender still. Um, yeah, both both efficient in the field. They also got Jalen Hill from Oklahoma, who is definitely a high major starter player. So, like the, these are three good gets for UNLV. Um, yeah, I mean, what's your takeaway on these three additions? All played in the state of Oklahoma at one point. 
UNLV picks up Jalen Hill from Oklahoma, who got plenty of minutes there. But Jalen Hill is originally from Vegas, so what? That, you know, that's a great story. You get it coming back. Also, also got the connections with like Kruger and stuff. It's it all it, with that all combined. It all it all makes too much sense, right? So, and yeah, I mean, Hill 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 was very productive for Oklahoma. So it's I what what do you what do you think? Can we even ballpark his? How much he might even raise that at a UNLV? Like, do we think he can? Um, I mean, I don't know that he'll really see like a huge increase. Like, I th- I think his numbers will go up, but like, he played like thirty two minutes at Oklahoma. I don't think he's getting like more any more minutes than that necessarily. But I think he can definitely be a maybe a little. Maybe we see that shot percentage, shooting percentage, uh, go up a little bit with maybe a little bit less competition. Um, any thoughts on the Boons? Yeah, as a twin myself, I'm just, I, I think it's cool. Like you, you you gave this guy a report on their ex, on their production, the X's, those. I, I'm just thinking it's cool that they're playing, they're going to be playing with each other. Like I, that, that's. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, they took, they took a year off, but they're uh, back to playing together. Yeah, see, they picked that back up again. That, that, that's nifty. That, that's, a, that's a great story. Mm-hmm. Utah State, they got some guys. They got a few guys to follow Danny Sprinkle to Utah State. Darius Brown third was the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year, solid passer point guard. Uh, they also got great Osobor to follow. Sprinkle uh, is, I believe he was the Big Sky Sixth Man of the Year. He is a big, big man really could score in somewhat limited minutes. They also kind of got Jackson Grant to follow, was committed to Montana State. Um, former McDonald's All-American, actually. Like, he was, like, on the McDonald's All-American team. I don't believe the game happened that year, but, like, he just was, he wasn't a nominee. Like, he was a selection. Then they got Nigel Burris, the Big Sky freshman of the year, uh, and Max Hagman Polo. Interconference transfer from Wyoming could really struggle at Wyoming, but was he's a former high major player that theoretically has potential. So, and, and I mean, these is this is a good uh, class. So, any any, what do you have on these guys? Yeah, on a Sobor, the I like. I mean, being Big Sky Six Man of the Year that captures captures a lot of what I'd say. I mean, the step he took from freshman to freshman to sophomore season was was a great one and. I think, I mean, at, at six eight at Ford, I think he can even be when he's tasked with defending Mountain West players. I think he can even show even more of that defensive potential. But on offense, he's already he already has a great foundation to work from on offense. So, yeah, that's I mean, and so mentioning one player out of several who are going to be uh, useful for Utah State to say the least here. Yeah, that's kind of one that I particularly. I mean, I talk about East. I mentioned Eastern Washington transfer earlier. It's had to go back to the Big Sky, and of course, a lot of it will be about the Big Sky with the the coaching hire that the uh, Aggies made. Yeah, yeah, just a great collection of guys. Yeah, Bur- Burris is also kind of intriguing. Uh, Big Sky freshman of the year. Like, even though he was on a bad team, like he could, he was really effective when he decided to shoot the ball from three. Was just a good player overall, so I'm interested to see how he translates up a level. I'm also interested to see if Jackson Grant is like good uh, when he 
he also moves up a level or moves moves down a level. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is a very solid classroom sprinkle to get started at Utah State. Wyoming, they got some guys. They took a little bit of a different approach. Last year, they took Agwin Polo. They also took Ethan Anderson and Jake Kyman. Like, those were their big transfers dipping from the Power 6 level. This time, they're just taking guys from all over. They took a cool cut from the Fort Lewis. I, I really like this guy, and I'll get back to him later in a minute. But Sam Griffin from Tulsa was okay at Tulsa. Tulsa sucked, but as I said previously... Mason Walters, the NAIA Player of the Year, and Oleg Kojenitz, who was didn't really play at Nebraska, but I major big. Um, but yeah, I I love Kot. Like he he is good. Like he can really create shots. Like I found a highlight video on him him when I saw you commit to Wyoming, and like it was fun to watch. Like I was there. There were some good highlight videos on him. Thank thank God because he he is good. Like. He can really create his own shot, can really score the ball. Um, yeah, and he he is like I think he can be all conference in the Mountain West. Like he he is good. He D two All American on a really good D two team. So a- any do you have any thoughts on Cot or really any of these other guys? I'm really glad that you emphasized uh Cot, Cot for us, and I was just going to look a bit closer at Mason Walters, given that he's coming up from, let me make sure I get kind of from the Jimmies, right? What, what, what his prior institution was, which, which spot in sub, sub it was actually, at, it was, it was the Juco ranks, right? No, it was, he was NAI player of the year. Oh, not Juco. NAI. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't got my wires crossed with that. Yeah. University <laughs> of Jamestown, Jamestown, yes. North Dakota. It, so we talked about a player, coming up from Nova Southeastern who had so many division one schools interested. I'm sure there was no shortage of schools interested in Mason Walters. I, yeah. a, um, a little, a little lesser situation, but, yeah, you, but you like, he was still the best player in AI and maybe, I mean, he won't put up the same numbers at D one, but like, you still take him. He's certainly a solid get. And, he, and, he, and he's been playing. I mean, you, now I'm not equi- equating NAI to high school, obviously, because you're still, if you're a college basketball player, you're a college basketball player, but like he, Walters has been doing this since like high school. What was the average? Is twenty one point one points a game? He was a double double kind of guy in high school. And I mean, some of these D one transfers. We're gonna be talking about guys who were top of their teams in high school. But yeah, he's it. It seems like this is a great spot for Mason Walters to break through and uh, and uh, really show what he can do to a wider audience in the D one D one ranks. Yes, absolutely. Moving to the WCC, Loyola Marymount got a few solid pickups. They got Juice Hill uh, from LSU. They got Justin Wright from NG Central and Lars Thiemann from Cal. Um, what is your first takeaway at this transfer class? They also had Mike Meadows, but then he committed to Cal. So, yeah, about time we get back to the rest of the rest of the West Coast Conference, right? We talked about yes. <laughs> we got we got we got Gonzaga. I had to put top. Gonzaga first. Yeah, yeah. But Loyola Marymount, Loyola Marymount had a signature win or two this past season, right? So, like, uh, you look at how they stack up in this coming West Coast Conference season, and I was kind of, I wasn't really exactly sure what Loyola Marymount might choose to do in the portal. But Alars is staying at seven one, and not, not like there are only so many. We we keep talking about the 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 bigs who are going to be a factor in these 
mid-major portal moves discussions, but Lars, now I haven't gotten to see video of him yet. I haven't pulled back the video yet. So you, I like, I'm not going to go to the same analysis of like whether he's, you know, if he has the moves at seven one, but the, he's supporting his height with his numbers, five, five and a half rebounds a game, roughly t- just earned 10 points a game. Uh, he could even see his, his, his block count could even stand to improve per game when he, when he just adds more minutes in his season at Loyola Marymount. So that's the one to just hard to ignore that, that size coming into uh, Loyola Marymount. Yeah, absolutely. He is huge. And also the guards, I, they added, I also like Hill was terrible at LSU, but he, he was good at Murray state. Like, I watched a lot of that Murray State team when they were top twenty-five. He he was a good player there, good point guard, and Wright Wright is really good as well from NG Central. Can kind of do it all um, from the guard position, I believe. Yeah, he was a really good shooter um, on somewhat limited attempts, but could also was solid from inside the arc. Yeah, he's he's a scoring guard and. That's who you hope to get because they lost Cam Shelton, who was really good. So, um, Wright's not as good as Shelton, but like he kind of is the same type of player, same type of scorer, really efficient, very solid ad for the Lions. Um, moving on to San Francisco, they got a guy I really like in Jonathan Mogbo. Uh, he he is good like um you look at his like on off splits from like when he was on the court versus off the court at missouri state like it's he is he is good um they also got malik thomas from usc who is kind of more of a potential pick um pickup based on he didn't do a ton to high major level but also has potential um any thoughts about these Guys, and Magbo, you, you took the words out of my mouth. He was so big, he was so big, he was literally big, and was a big key influence at Missouri State. Just under 60% field goal shooting in it was 30 games played last season. Just so Mr. Reliable for, for more, I was gonna say Morgan State. It's how you know it's getting late on the East Coast. Missouri State, the other, the other Bears, Missouri State Bears, such a such a huge presence. And he's originally from Magbo's from West Palm Beach down in Florida. So he, he gets to go to the other coast. And uh, can he be a part of a, a San Francisco team that has because I, I associate San, San Fran with being the school that sometimes can push, you know, give Gonzaga a game that's reasonable late night. On the uh, on ESPN too, so like I know Loyola Marymount had that thunder this past season, but yeah, I mean San Francisco is a good brand too, and uh, Mogbo is gonna Mogbo is gonna be part of that this season. Yeah, I mean San Francisco was an at-large team two years ago, and obviously uh, that's when they had Todd Golden, Jamari Bouye. I, I was I was the biggest fan of that team ever. Like I I watched like every single game San Francisco played that year, but they don't have um, the same thing. But they're they're still under the same coaching. Staff ish, uh, Chris Gerlifson was their head coach. He was an in house hire. So, um, yeah, they're definitely still able to draw talent in. That's uh, for sure. But yeah, Santa Clara also got a solid class. They so got Jalen Benjamin from Mount St. Mary's, Adam Ball from Arizona, Johnny O'Neill from American, 
Francisco Cafaro from Virginia and Tyree Bryan from Charleston Southern. Um, some of those guys are up in uh, your area have a lot. Um, a little. Uh, have you have a chance had a chance to watch uh any of those guys specifically? Probably Benjamin and O'Neill. Yeah, so Johnny O'Neill, the six nine forward from American, he can. I mean, he can shoot it. He can spin it. Uh, on the shot, and that goes with his 6.6 rebounds a game. Uh, he was sat at just under 45% field goal shooting uh, last season, but that included 39.2% uh, from three. I need to see, not totally sure if it was too high a volume shooting the three-point shot, because I, I need to check the numbers on that a little further. But um, yeah, O'Neal is a guy who was going to be a cornerstone of American if he stuck around. I mean, obviously he already was. But yeah, he, he, he shot threes at pretty high volume over five attempts a game. Yeah. And he and had made he had nearly 40%. He had the liberty to do that at American. And I'm not sure if that'll necessarily be what he's like asked to do as much as uh O'Neill makes his way over to Santa Clara, but it pro it it projects a lot. I mean he's versatile, I guess the way I would best capture that is you know say succinctly he's very versatile. So that's 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 this guy that's the player I I, I have seen I'd seen the most of uh in this group for Santa Clara. Yeah, I mean it definitely can run him as a shooting big with Francesco Cafaro, who's a huge uh body inside as a five. So uh yeah. I also like Jalen Benjamin, who is from Mount St. Mary's, also formerly of UAB. He is uh a very solid uh point guard. He's yeah, he's he can score the ball for sure. Um efficiency is it isn't the worst. Um but yeah, he's his solid score was all Mac this year. Um all NEC last year when Mount St. Mary's was in NEC. So he definitely has some he over fifteen hundred points scored in his career so far. Definitely a solid pickup. Um for them. Um Adama Ball is another guy that I like because I don't just I just don't think he ever really got his chance at Arizona. But like moving down a level, like I'm not saying this is gonna happen, but you saw what Brandon Podziemski did this year. He was amazing at Santa Clara and he didn't really play at Illinois. So I'm not saying at all we'll see that jump, but like maybe a, a little bit of a lesser breakout, which I think is still in the cards. So moving on to the rest of all the conferences, we can fly through these, but still sort of hit on them. We already covered all the mid-plus leagues, um, but moving to the A-Sun, uh, Corey Gibson just brought all of his guys from him. From Northwestern State to Austin P, you got Demarcus Sharp, Jamont Black, Jalen Hampton, Isaac Haney. They also got Jordan Wilmer, who's like the least talented seven footer ever. But uh, they also got Desi Jones, who De- Desi Jones is he he was like a he's he's the pickup I'm really impressed with. Because other guys like just follow Gibson, like yeah, like okay, but like Desi Jones isn't uh all Mac guard. So absolutely a solid pickup, and and in a s- somewhat crowded backcourt, it's really a great pull from Corey Gibson. Um, any any quick hits on this Austin P squad? You, your last thought there was 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 exactly mine. Is that Jones is one that particularly is a is a, is a is a great one, and 
I mean, and, and you don't make, I feel like we make some assumptions about, oh, when a head coach, you know, moves from one head coach coaching job to another, especially within division one, of course, his players will follow him. Well, it's a, it, it, to some extent is a testament to that coach that you have the loyalty of those players. Like, of course, those players want their minute, would like to be assured of a, at least a baseline level. They, they can have their minutes, not guaranteed, but they feel comfortable with that coach. But you're not going to follow your coach to a completely different school unless you are somewhat bought in, right, to what's going on there. So, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's a credit to uh, Gibson as he gets going with the Govs. Yeah, I mean, this squad won at Northwestern State. No reason why you can't Austin P. Um, Florida Gulf Coast got Dalian Johnson from Penn State, along with Keyshawn Kelman from Princeton. Um, Johnson didn't really do a ton at Penn State, but also played some solid minutes. I think he played more, like, last like year. Um but yeah, like uh, the connection is obviously there with Pat Chambers, so I think I think this is a place where he can kind of try to show off what he brings to the table. Kelman also a solid big. Any thoughts on these two guys? Not not extensively. Just Florida Gulf Coast. At some point, it. I think Florida Gulf Coast, now this is not on the topic of these two players. This is just my reaction to Florida Gulf Coast and on the subject of the portal. Needs some of those Dunk City alum. I got to speak with one Dunk City alum on on our on our platforms not too long ago. It's if, if, it was a while ago. If, if it was a little while ago now, but I remember it well because Sherwood was awesome. Yes. Now, if 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 NIL were in play, like fully above the table permissible in the Dunk City teams era, that would have been a special little wave to capitalize on. I'm not saying that would have made it far Gulf Coast would have had a collective powerhouse or something like that. But it's just one of those things I think about sometimes when you look at, you know, as we get into the, the real the real meat and potatoes of mid-majors, the middle of the mid-majors, right? Like, it's hard to differentiate some of these classes. And I just wonder sometimes, like, how – that's not, I guess, getting off topic of these two players. But it yeah. I, sometimes I wonder about – I feel like FGCU has to have, like, decent NIL because they 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 get some solid recruits for sure. Well, I think the place I think the place that college if you if you're looking to play college basketball and you know some history, I guess I'm, we're dating ourselves a little bit. But it, that 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 great tournament team wasn't that old. Was it, or, maybe, or is it is it the decade anniversary now this year? Was it? It just passed. Oh my goodness! I, I remember that like clearly though. Yeah, yeah, but Crazy stuff. yeah. Um, in the America East, Simon Torrance committed to Binghamton from Syracuse. Um, he he was. He wasn't amazing at Syracuse. He, he can't he doesn't really have a ton of offensive skill set, but it is more like a pass first guard. Uh, I think he can really thrive at Binghamton. There are parts of his game that I do like, and Binghamton has kind of been a little bit of a program on the rise the last um, few years. And, I mean, Torrance has played at two different high major schools. Like He's probably capable of, continuing to or, or he's capable of playing at a decently high level um and any quick hits on yeah orange? so Bing, so folks interested in this i mean like look up binghamton nil rumors like what's related to i saw the, that I saw the that. former the former nil the syracuse nil booster who yeah, he's, he's not, not allowed to give any money at syracuse anymore it's that's a whole separate story <laughs> but i just think it's a great great aside from all of that extra I can't call it extra nonsense because there might be some smoke and fire there. There, there. It's uh, it, it's 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 nifty for Binghamton to land a uh, player from you know New York. That's New York State school, right? Syracuse. Just a yeah, good pickup. Good pickup for Binghamton in the. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think he was luring him away from Syracuse because he didn't really play it like 
like he would have been a guy that would have probably transferred to Binghamton regardless of circumstances. But it's just kind of funny. I wonder. I want. I wonder if he actually got any nil from uh, the Syracuse guy. It, even if to, even just for the purposes of symbolism, it wouldn't be totally shocking to me. But again, I'm not speaking out of an area of background knowledge of that particular insight. But it it, it it's, it's college sports could be surprisingly uh, petty. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, Bryant got Rafael Pinzone, who I thought was actually like kind of good at St. John's. Um, any any thoughts on Pinzone? I'm going to trust that Jared Grasso, our our friend Jared Grasso, is is he 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 is a portal connoisseur, right? So he has a good eye for players like Pinzone who don't like pop off and like knock socks off stats wise, but like there's enough. He was there. he there's, was there's, productive. There's meat, the there. there's meat on the bone there. There's a great. There's a lot to work with. He he was not the worst high major player ever. Got solid minutes on a bad high major team, but definitely great get at Bryant. Vermont got some guys as they typically do. They got Shamir Bowes, who was good at Tarleton State. Um, they got Jace Rocamore, who was a solid point guard at UC San Diego. They also got Brenton Mills, who was at Bowling Green. Previously a double digit score at Binghamton, so solid. Yes, Bogues is a guard from Tarleton State, two-time whack all defensive player. So really brings a lot in defense. Um let's see who's the other yeah, Rokemore. Rokemore is a solid guard. Um yeah. Any any thoughts on these three? These three are are going to be guys who are certainly going to be in the mix for playing time at Vermont. There's no question, but Vermont out of all of these, this trio, this trio of American East schools that, that we'll discuss, Vermont is Vermont does well in high school recruiting too, just because they own, they own that, that immediate region. Not that it's necessarily a massive recruiting area for division one level, but Vermont has had such a grip on the American East that, this this is kind of supplements. I, I always think the portal is the portal's gonna be way more supplementary for Vermont than it is compared to some of these other places in the league where it, it's gonna be like a constant funnel of regular starters. Like I'm sure Vermont is going to get higher level portal guys on average, but yeah, this 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 group is is gonna be a great supplement to what's already rolling for the Catamounts. Yeah. Um th- these three all just seem like Vermont guys, honestly. <laughs> Like they they just seem like Vermont players, which uh, would make sense considering they are committed to Vermont. Moving on to the Big Sky, Carson Basham committed to Northern Arizona. Was from the area, was a solid big at Pepperdine. Don't really have any additional thoughts to that, but this is a very solid pickup. Anything on Basham? No, I think I think you nailed it. Quite honestly, I have to I have to hand it to you. I have to hand it to you. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Portland State got KJ Allen and Trevon Minot, uh, Allen from Texas Tech, Minot from South Carolina, and these guys aren't amazing, but they're both high major players. Um, they didn't play a ton their respective high major schools, but whenever you're able to get talent at Portland State that was recruited to high major basketball, pretty solid. Yeah, Port, Port, Portland State is it needs to. Uh, I mean, maybe Portland State does already do this. Like again, this is me just making generalizations about the schools we roll through these. Like, it, you got to rub off on on Dame still being loyal to Portland, right? Like, 
I'm not, I'm not saying Dame. Now Dame I'm not, I'm not sure that he would uh, be interested in supporting <laughs> Portland State considering his yeah. Weber State Wildcatcher also in the Big roots. Sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, given his Ogden roots, I don't know if you can get Dame time to uh, be official. But, like, that Portland is 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 a is a great area. Portland State is it's a it's we talk about Montana State related to sprinkle success there. Like the big sky is sneaky hard to crack that number one spot. So Portland State went like to your point exactly when you're getting guys who are who had those high levels of interest from high level schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, take, take did, did you ever and, watch? Uh, did you ever watch Last Chance You? Oh yeah, I I, I saw yeah, more because KJ. Yeah, because I know KJ Allen was on that team, so I I have not watched that, but it just See, forget little... forget Dame trying to forget trying to get Dame to switch allegiances from Weber to uh to Portland State. Just 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 have the the stardom of KJ Allen be your sp- your spokesman for because uh, I mean he that, that that show I miss Netflix. I miss not well, I don't miss Netflix. I miss Last Chance You. It's uh yeah. Recommended, recommended yes. watching. But if you're watching the Hoopsky Media podcast, you probably you've probably seen your fair share of last chance too. <laughs> Sacramento State got some guys. Duncan Powell from North Carolina A and T, definitely a good athlete. Was all freshman in the CAA. Um, Brandon Betson from Tulsa, formerly of Chicago State, also pretty solid guard pickup. Um, you're probably familiar with Powell. Um, I'm sure you've seen him play. Um. Do you have a scouting report for us? Yeah, Duncan Powell was one of the most uh, impactful players for North Carolina a and in its debut season in the CAA. Uh, really active on the glass uh, guy. He, he is who, athletic. He, 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 he just puts himself all over the floor, right place, right time, 30 games played. Um, di- didn't necessarily play like heavy minutes, 22 and a half minutes per game this past season, but like earned himself more minutes in his in his future stop here. Yeah. He I, mean, I mean he he was a former high state. major recruit in high school. So this is a solid pickup. I still think um he is solid. Where where was he committed to? He was committed to Arkansas. I think. I think it was Arkansas. And Arkansas they're the coaches at Sacramento State. That's I I didn't even think of that until now. But I think it's a David Patrick is his name. It's your head coach. I, I really like him. Duncan Powell was three stars as he... He he did. was like four stars. He kind of fell, but like he was like really like highly regarded well, at and one I, time. I don't, I don't say three stars to make to make that sound. No, like, like th- three like stars still fine. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. I, did, so I'm trying to check. Did he... He had decommitted from Arkansas? I think so. Yes, yes, yes. He was at one point committed to Arkansas. And yeah, he, he's an interesting uh, figure, but personality, but yeah, it's still, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I, I've been across the CIA. I didn't get to speak to him myself, but it's <laughs> like, I won't, I won't like try to testify to that, but yeah. But in the Big South, High Point, got to support Alan Huss, a great assistant getting started. They got Duke Miles. From Troy, Trey Bennett from Lipscomb, Liam McChesney from Illinois State. Miles did not play a ton this year uh, in regards to games played, but he was good when he did. He averaged like 14 points in six games. Still averaged like eight points a game last year when playing uh, a full season or more games at least. 
very, very solid player. Will definitely be good at high point. Uh, Benham was pretty solid at Lipscomb. Um, solid multi-year producer there. Um, I think he, yeah, he can shoot the ball. He he is more of a shooter. And McChesney just a solid rim protector, big. Um, not, nothing crazy about his high point class, but do you have any thoughts on it? Well, high point needed to make a couple moves, in the, or I, I wouldn't say needed. I mean, it depends on the strength of their... Uh, they, they, they needed to they do did. some stuff. But they, but they did need to do some because of the... We mentioned the high point outgoing transfer there earlier in the show. So, yeah, I think that when you describe Benham as a shooter, he can... The percentages weren't poor necessarily uh, this past season. Um, and they probably, I, I, I'm not sure if, I don't want to assume he's going to go on an uptick because he, he, he's, I mean, I guess he'll be in the middle of his college career. He's a younger guy. He'll be in his junior season this coming fall. Um, yeah. But he'll have, he'll, he'll, he'll be tested against a different, I, I think he'll, going from the SOCON to the Big South, he'll. Yeah. It is a step down in competition, so yeah. it should have an increased role. Um, UNC Asheville got Greg Gant and Josh Banks. Banks is just like a reserve VCU player that is a solid pickup, but maybe get a little bit better moving down the level. But Gant is really intriguing because he is like not that skilled of a basketball player, but like he's also like a high major body, high major defender. Like when I I watched him play at Providence quite a bit, um, and he is he is a limited skill. Like it's never like you don't look at him and say like, oh, he just doesn't have the physicality to belong in high major. He's just like not a good player. But like he is a very plus defender. Definitely a great uh little mix with Drew Pember because Pember's gonna be scoring all the points. They just need a guy like Gant to come in and play some solid defense. I also would uh, think his offensive efficiency would increase a little. But like he he started a lot of games at NC State this year, so like he's as he has his obvious downsides. He also has some upsides that make him a really intriguing pickup at this level. Anything to add? Yeah. I don't. I don't want to overly switch gears on you, but I have to issue a correction. When I was, I I realized right as I was Trey Benham going from Lipscomb to High Point. Lipscomb's in the A Sun. I said SoCon. I I meant to say A Sun. I meant to say. A-Sun. I I completely <laughs> missed that, but Lipscomb is an A Sun. I, I, I still think he'll get an increased role, though. I still think yeah, he will yeah. get an increased role. But the, but the, moving the back to Gant. Yeah. Yeah. Your 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 description of Gant. I I I trust your description of Gant, and he's joining a UNC Asheville program that. Um, is on the, on the upswing, and you you got to see him a, gr- a good bit uh, in those Big East days at at, uh, at Providence. So that was great. It was great to hear your uh, assessment there. But um, I yeah, it's just I think he can like the the combination at some point. The fit's gonna be there at some point, right? Like I do, I do think it's gonna it's gonna piece together for him as he uh, as he heads now into his third collegiate stop. And uh, I'd love to see it all just all all, all come to a come to a, a well-rounded season for him. Yeah, it'll just be great for him. He doesn't have to do anything on offense with Pember there, and he's a he's a plus high major defender. Like he is a very good high major defender. 
Yeah, will be great in a big south in that respect. Yeah, yeah, he'll yeah, yeah, be, be able to do that job real well. Winthrop has consistently been one of the best programs in the big south, and they're reinforcing that with trainers and Alex Timmerman, KJ Doucette, and Nick Johnson. Timmerman, have, did you get how chance to watch him at all in Bucknell? Um, did, did have unfortunately you? Not, unfortunately, not as much just because of being on Bucknell, but. Um, but no, I mean he's he deserves a lot of deserves a lot of he's, he's a very skilled big. Like he can't really shoot it, but like he he has some good post moves, can pass the ball somewhat decently from the highlights I watched. Um Doucette is a D two transfer, put up some good stats at I think it was Albany State, I want to say, not hundred percent sure on that. Nick Johnson is also a solid player at New Hampshire. Um let me pull up his averages. He ever uh, my um. Let me okay. There we go. Maybe yes. He, yeah, he was all America East this year. Percentages are not great from the field, but he is a solid defender. Can still score the ball. Very solid pickup for Winthrop, all three of them. I love I love to see Winthrop really flex his desktop the Big South by getting a getting a number of good portal entries from a variety of places again and from Bucknell and beyond. Yeah, it's it's a it it's it's very much indicative of Winthrop's continued being a good good spot relative to his league mates. Yes, moving to the Big West, Hawaii got Justin McCoy, who is was pretty bad at North Carolina and Virginia. I don't know if bad's the right word. He just wasn't a, didn't play a lot. He's not a high usage guy, but like moving down a level, like I don't have a ton to say on him, but like I think it's just a name to watch. I'm just really interested to see how he does at Hawaii, personally. Any thing on McCoy for you? Yeah, it's it's gonna be you know when you transfer into Hawaii, like sure you have at least one. Anybody who's transferring to Hawaii, like I'm just saying, it's a general matter. You have at least one season of college basketball under your belt, but you haven't you haven't gone to college in Hawaii yet. You haven't gone to school in Hawaii yet, in most cases. So yeah, it's uh, that's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch how he uh, how he puts it together. Maybe uh, despite all, just want transferring school is a big change, but I can't imagine transferring to like Hawaii just everything that comes with that. Like you're in Northwest Missouri, Austin, like you. If you transferred to Hawaii, would you be would you be would you be locked in? I think you would be locked in. I know you as a, you're you're a dedicated student athlete, and and just yeah, as is the case for McCoy. But I'm just saying, like, think about the person and the player. Big move for him. Yeah, quite the change. Hawaii is Hawaii would be a fun place to live. Um, UC Santa Barbara. Like, I I really want to talk about his class because I really like this class. They got Johan Treor from Auburn. Uh. Zach Clements from Kansas and Ben Stolzberg from Creighton. And like Treyor, like I just want like he was like a consensus five star recruit last year. Like maybe he wasn't ready to play at Auburn, but like he didn't get that much worse in like a year that he's now like some terrible recruit. And kudos to UC Santa Barbara because they, they can really recruit for the level that you're they're at. But like this is a huge get. Like he's finally he's gonna get every chance to show uh what like show how good he can be and same with Clements like Clements was also didn't do anything in Kansas but like he was a top 50 recruit and was 
been coached by Bill Self for two years. Like I bring up like the staff he's been under, like that that can't hurt. Um and then yeah, like they had a really good front court last year in uh Miles Norris and Andre Kelly. Both of them are gone, but like there's a potential that they don't skip a beat here with these guys. There's also a potential that these guys just aren't good because we haven't seen them be good, but definitely have a chance. And they got AJ Mitchell back. He's a really good point guard. Add in Ben Stolzer from Creighton, who I liked at Creighton. Um, I wish we would have kept him around for the long term, but can't blame him for going uh, back home to California. And yeah, he he's like a he's a scorer that will fit well in the system. Like I really like this Gauchos portal class. The Gauchos, man, can't count them out. Can't count them out. Well, I, I, I want to say can't count them out in March because I, I had, I was trying to roll with them past Baylor earlier. This that 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 was yeah. I, I was on the right track in terms of those high seed or the, I should say those low seed upsets. But anyway, um, the Treor, yeah, that's the one that I especially like. Like it, it it's not like a player irreversibly regressed just in one freshman season coming over um originally from France um play, playing at Auburn like it obviously Auburn has a great infrastructure but it's a tough assignment like as a as a as a freshman navigating your true freshman season getting not quite 10 minutes a game still shot 40 percent didn't take didn't shoot I don't think a ton so yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a situation where um UC Santa Barbara I hope UC Santa Barbara for its sake, can hold on to Treor. It's itself can kind of keep him. I hope it's not a situation where he gets tampered with down the line because I'm pretty sure he's going. Well, I mean, I mean, he's not going to be able to transfer again well, unless not, he well, wants not, to sit with, out. Not with immediate eligibility, at least. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, I, he he just wasn't ready at Auburn this year. That's kind of the bottom line. But you give him a year, give him uh, two full years in college weight rooms, he will hopefully be better. Um. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on other guys? Uh, Treyor was a story for me, truly. And that's not discredit the other guys, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Treyor is also the guy that I'm really. I mean, I'm really looking to see all of them. UC Santa Barbara. They they, they run a good program. But moving on to Conference USA, we have some guys to touch on. And Louisiana Tech, they got a, they got a solid portal class. They got Jordan Turner from Baylor. Uh, Devin Reeve from Louisville. Both those guys are guys that didn't do much at the Power Six level, but were at the Power Six level, so that's something. Daniel Bacho is a guy like I really like. Um, I know like he kind of fell off down the end of the stretch, but like a few games when I saw him, I really liked him. Like I thought Grant McCaslin should have taken him back. So this this is a great pickup. They also got Talik Chavez, who is a high volume shooter from Charleston Southern. Um. What are your thoughts on this class? I, I Bacho is absolutely one of my favorite pickups at the portal, honestly. Like I, I think he's kind of good. Yeah. So for La Tech, I I again we we have we agree too much because this seems to be a this seems to be an embrace debate podcast now. But I yeah, Bacho, he had a span for Texas Tech where what, there was a time of year where he was especially impactful. It, he had a good day against Creighton. He had a good day against your Blue Jays. Yeah. It was, was probably towards the beginning points. of the year when he was the best, I, yeah, I remember he correctly. Dropped, Daniel Bacho dropped, it was 21 points against Ohio State in the Big East Big 12 battle. Followed up with 15 against Georgetown. Not that Georgetown's the 
the greatest defense to be dropping it against. But no, I like and in the in the Big Twelve going like like it was just like yeah, that was you're alluding to. In the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve had a didn't figure him out or anything. It just he wasn't he wasn't the same six eleven dominance that he was in non conference play. So as Daniel Bacho heads over to Louisiana Tech, he's gonna be conference USA's problem because they're they're gonna get that December version of him, I think, more times than not. Yeah, he actually played Louisiana Tech this year. Um, he had nine points, seven rebounds, and six blocks. Six blocks is impressive. Season high for him. So yeah, they're they must be familiar with him in that respect. So yeah, certainly a solid yet actually really solid yet efficient from inside the arc. I am a big Bajo fan. Can block the shots. Can rebound the ball. Like this is an outstanding pickup for them. I, I really like Bacho. But yeah, the other guys are solid too. But not nothing major to say about them. New Mexico State, they are in conference USA now. I almost kind of forgot about that, but they got some guys in Brandon Suggs, Clarence Jackson, and Jalen Jackson Posey. My favorite of the three is probably Suggs, if I had to pick one. Coming from UCF, formerly of where? Why am I blanking on where Brandon East Carolina? But yeah, I, I like him at East Carolina. Was also a solid player at UCF. But any thoughts about this New Mexico State incoming portal class? Is Suggs was Suggs? He more recently was at UCF. Yes, yeah, he's transferring from UCF, but he played three seasons at East Carolina. Right, right. So the majority of his tape is uh from the the East Carolina era, but yeah, Suggs in his season at UCF, it wasn't the same scoring as his time at East. Also moved up a huge level though. But like yeah, team wise, yeah, it's it's. I mean, he didn't. He like again. You have to add the caveat. He was he asked to do the same. No, he wasn't asked to do the same kind of role. So. Um, still still had what turned out to be his best field goal percentage in a season of his career, 46.8% from the field. So he just adjusted quite well to uh, the situation at, at UCF. Yeah. Other guys are good as well. Jalen Jackson Posey was a whack six man of the year two years ago, and Clarence Jackson uh, was a really good shooter at Jacksonville State, was, yeah, formerly Wichita State. So he should be a grad transfer. I don't know if he would be able to get a waiver, but yeah, um, pretty good offensive player, solid class. I really like Jason Hooten at this for this hire. So, um, Western Kentucky got Brandon Newman, who was like a good player at Purdue. Like, so they probably don't have the same recruiting that they had under Rick Stansbury, but Steve Lutz is like, he's, this is a good pickup and he's getting them right away. So hats off to Steve Lutz. Any thoughts on this pickup? Yeah. Good, good for the toppers. It's a good move for the toppers. Brandon Newman will come in right away. I think and be a, a good, a good presence for a team that I think is just one of the better, better brands in the conference. You look at, I mean, he. I don't know that Newman necessarily. I wouldn't call him. It, Purdue had it obviously had its season end the way it did, and like the whole all the big names of Purdue, like it's easy to lose track of Newman. He played. 
he was, was our he was agent like, at the game. He, he was like good at Purdue. He, like he, was he wasn't just ready. like he wasn't just like a high major afterthought that just had to transfer down. Like he yeah. absolutely could have stayed the power six level if he wished to. So, but I think he and I like that from Brandon Newman. Though, like, go ahead, you know, bet on yourself. Kind of cliche goes like that. That has some meaning though when you're like not just riding on the laurels of necessarily being in the P six. Go, you know, go, uh, go, go, go where the where where your heart's pulled and where you feel like you have the belief in yourself to go make a make a the maximum impact. So yeah, I mean that applies to all, many of these guys. You know, it's a big yes. leap of faith to put yourself out there in the portal. So uh, yeah, congrats to both sides here for Newman and WKU. If I'm not mistaken, they also got Charleston transfer Babakar Fai earlier today. Any any quick hits on him? Yeah, I I'm a bit I'm like slightly surprised that he left Charleston, but I don't think it's like necessarily a a bad move. But clearly, it worked out that he um, ended up being able to head to a, a quality program. Um, he was a I mean, primarily like a role player for Charleston, uh, just about 15 minutes a game. But when he did shoot, he was efficient. Um, I'm I'm just obviously I have a great impression of Charleston and the way Pat Kelsey does things. So it's it, he doesn't lose a ton into the portal, or at least when it's like a guy who's on track for more minutes. But that that says something about the recruiting win that took place there with uh, WKU. Yeah, this is an excellent transition. Because up next, we have the Colonial Athletic Association, and we have Charleston leading us right off the bat with a four-person transfer class just, uh, so far of C.J. Fulton, Bryce Butler, Kobe Rogers, Frankie Policelli. This is a good transfer class, and Pat Kelsey has proven that he's getting like Bryce Butler, Kobe Rogers from non-D1 levels. Like This is what he does. And also, like Fulton is a very solid point guard, uh, can really pass the ball from Lafayette, uh, Paula Chili is also a he was good at Stony Brook. Definitely, Frankie Buckets, you got to call him Frankie Buckets. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, interconference transfer, I guess he's pretty yeah. athletic. I'd say, is that yeah, he correct? Was the fa- I would say he was that he was arguably the face of Stony Brook in the in its first season in the CAA. Like, I Stony Brook had. Yeah. Storybrook had names it could turn to, but Policelli was he kind of became the name. I think the existing CEA schools started to get to know more quickly than not. So it's it's absolutely an assertion of dominance in the conference that Charleston's able to pluck him from SBU. Yes. Um, yeah, the D2 guys, Bryce Butler is really good. Like the, these guys are gonna be guys you're gonna want to remember. Oh, come D2 next well. March. Kelsey's, Kelsey's a D2 portal recruit masterclass. We we knew that. So. He'll he'll get guys from wherever. Delaware, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk about this because just give me the rundown in their transfer class. So going into this offseason, even prior to Jameer Nelson Jr.'s portal entry, um, Delaware knew it had to be very active in the transfer portal. The UD's big issue as is it was trying to defend that conference championship the prior season from the prior season was just a complete lack of depth behind the top four starters, let alone the starting five. And once Nelson officially entered the portal and they wound up committing to TCU. The emphasis went on surrounding around Jair Davis, who originally transferred from Providence uh, into Delaware. I mean, Davis is a, is a Delaware native, so he had a homecoming to UD. And so the, I'm losing track even of how many of these players played with Jair Davis in his, um, in his AAU. I don't know why I couldn't, I don't know why I couldn't think of his AAU team, but it was, I believe Zion Bethia and Niles Lane 
overlapped with I'm, I and I, I I need to. It's 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 been anecdotal evidence. It's been discussed here in Newark. It's been discussed. That, that, that seems like it would line up. And yeah, and so um, so Davis has kind of become like a great a great magnet for Delaware as it looks to draw from the portal. And its first pickup, Tyler Hauser, was made a lot of sense for Delaware because Hauser's a, a, a source of uh, size and and just brings a lot more height to Delaware, maybe bring some of the rebounding stress off of Christian Ray for UD. So Gerald Drumgool, a scorer from Albany, like Hauser and Drumgool both made a lot of sense. Uh, VMI's big man and Drumgool being Albany's or one of Albany's scorers more on the perimeter. Nas Lane, like is like the name more folks might know from a higher, higher, uh, higher level program, higher level recruit originally. So that that's, I I, I'm going to make myself sound like a fool here because I need to, I just don't want to misrepresent. There's been so many transfers coming into UD and who at least have taken visits and been discussed. I think Davis has that AAU overlap with multiple to say the least. Okay. Um, Xander Rice to Monmouth. This was an obvious pickup as his father is King Rice, a Monmouth head coach, but still notable because he was like an all Patriot guy that they were able to get from Bucknell. So very, very solid guard pickup for them. Um, do you got anything to add in him? I, as a coach's son, and I'm a big King Rice fan. So as a coach's son, I trust that Xander Rice is going to be, you know, he's going to handle everything the right way at at Monmouth, playing for his dad. Like he, King's King's a really good, a really good interview, a really good guy to talk to. So I think you know if he takes after his pops, he's going to be he'll be just fine. And Monmouth Monmouth struggled early in this its first CA season, and then came around a bit. So I'm interested to see how how it looks for the Hawks in the year too. Yeah, well, that's what happens when you lose like everyone good in your team and don't decide to recruit from the portal. <laughs> so, so you call, I just spent all this time praising Coach Rice, and you're like, actually, no, well, I I, I liked what he thing. did. I sure. I really liked the teams he built up mine with, like Papa's, Reynolds, yep. Walker, Miller, like th- those guys. That would that was a good team, but then they just like, no, oh, well, they lost everyone. Well, let's just get no one from the portal to make up for it and bring back no one good. So. They had some good players at towards the end of the year, though. But I'm a big KJ Jenkins fan. I was a big KJ Jenkins fan in New Mexico. He can shoot the ball. I'm not sure how he will be because I presume he'll be like UNC Wilmington's where he transferred to. He'll be like their go-to scorer, which I'm not sure how much of that can be because New Mexico is primarily like a shooter, a bench shooter, but he can really shoot the ball. I really like this pickup. Any anything to add in him? Yeah, yeah. Plenty of reason to be optimism for the reasons you just described, and I would just add UNCW is gonna more likely to not do do well in integrating Jenkins because UNCW is annually gonna be in the in the CEA's Final Four in the conference tournament. Like it's just it's a well oiled machine there, and it it's a team that wants to keep a very very uh, passionate rivalry with the College of Charleston. I'd say I think they want to. I think UNCW has great basketball fan support. UNCW has a great home arena atmosphere. And UNCW does not want to get forgotten as Charleston kind of is the darling of the CAA nationally lately. Yes. Um, Horizon, no Reynolds. Uh, he had a short stint at Wisconsin this offseason, but then stayed in the state to go to Green Bay, which, I mean, if you can get a guy that Wisconsin took, then sure, take him. Obviously, there's the connection there with Sundance Wicks, the head coach at Green Bay was the assistant at Wyoming. I'm not sure where Reynolds is from, so that makes sense. They also got D2 All-American Rich Beyer from Rockhurst who can really score the ball, really solid player. So these are two good pickups from a team that was atrocious last season. 
So, any thoughts about these two guys? I think as we open up our discussion of the horizon, you 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 have the you're accurate on those kind of reports and in Green Bay. Talked about Green Bay on a which episode I'm going to lose track of which episode we discussed and the changes is needed there and yeah we we discussed because they fired their coach like midseason yeah yeah and it was it was apparent to us that it that then that was all the they, the they were the they of, were bad yeah it's a rebuild so these players are going to be they they know what they're they're signing up for but they yeah it's going to I'm I'm, I'm 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 expecting them to possibly make a become the go-tos pretty soon for Green Bay. Yeah, right? I mean, these are dudes, these are, these are two players that far and away would have been the best player on their team last <laughs> year. Yeah. So, um, Robert Morris, I got Justice Williams and Marquise Hastings. Williams was a high recruit that did not do much at LSU in his time there, but still possibly has potential. And Hastings is a big man from Western Michigan. Um, I believe he averaged a lot of rebounds. He can, yes, he can really rebound the ball. So that, that's kind of what you're getting from Hastings, a good rebounding big man. Um, anything to add on these two? I don't have a, a, an exceptional amount to add other than in general, Robert Morris did lose. We we talked about it very early on in the show. Robert Morris lost. Cheeks. It was... Yeah, it was right. So it was important that they uh, have some bounce backs in the portal in that regard. And um, yeah, Hastings especially is a name uh, that that sticks out for me. Um, he was a just what a rebounder he was at Western Michigan, right? Like, what was it? He was he was wasn't far off double digit rebounds a contest. He was not. He yes, averaged uh, nine point three rebounds this year, eight point eight point eight last year. Solid on both ends, offensive and defensive rebounding. So yes, also yeah, Williams passed the ball, yes. passed the ball decently too. So I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be, uh, yeah, a good, a good ascender for Robert Morris. He'll probably lean, probably lean on some of those horizon opponents he has in the interior even a bit more than he did in the MAC. So mm-hmm. we'll, I'm also we'll interested. I'm also interested to see if Williams kind of comes back to what he was supposed to be as a recruit, but. Youngstown, Youngstown State is just on a roll. They had a great year, fell up short of the tournament, but they rebounded. They got Brett Thompson, Tennessee Tag, Ziggy Reed from Merrimack, and DJ Burns from Murray State, who all are three very solid gets. Um, yes. Do you, do you get to watch Ziggy Reed much at Merrimack? I know you're familiar with them. I still I still have to get to campus at Merrimack sometime, but I I I do get to see some of the NEC and Ziggy Reed. He's from Baltimore, so he's from not too far from uh from my sweet spot. Over fourteen points a game, uh, also as as a forward, you know, like he he scores in some in some way. Like his efficiency is like a strong sh- shooting player from the perimeter, but in reality, his rebounding numbers remind you, hey, he's a a really steady presence at forward. Four point one rebounds a game. Um, he has really good active hands on defense at his position just over one steal a game this past season. Uh, and yeah, I'd say that I'm looking forward to, and I'd say it's about other, we've talked about Merrimack a couple of few times. Like it has, he might even just find a new level to his game when he's playing for 
yeah, a program that's on the upswing and it, it gets to play for a fully division one postseason eligible. Like I hate, I hate how Merrimack got, got, got stuck with the reclassification process. Yeah. So. It's, it's <laughs> so, a stupid rule. Yeah. I take every chance I can to, to bring that up again and remind us of like, Hey, this is to play, but yeah, Z- Ziggy as a player himself is, uh, yeah, he's uh he, he's gonna be he's gonna be a good a good payoff in the portal. Yes, DJ Burns also a strong rebounder from Murray State he was big part of that uh, team last year that made the tournament. And Brett Thompson is a solid guard from Tennessee Tech, averaged over twelve points, shot over forty percent from three, so some solid pickups there. Um, in the MAC, Iona got some guys. They got Aiden Tritute from Harvard. Joel Brown from Cal and Terrell Williams from Southern. These are all solid pickups in Tobin Anderson's uh, stop at Iona. Or, or yes, I, yeah, Iona. Um, Brown is intriguing uh, coming from the high major level at Cal, even though Cal was fairly a high major. But yeah, any thoughts on any quick thoughts on these three? Yeah, Iona is um Iona's gonna be a favorite team to watch. I mean it already was with uh Patino for different reasons, but now yeah, Iona's gonna be I, I who are we we can't but we can't even question Tobin Anderson, right? It, before he coached his first game at Iona. So and he and and again, not to rehash prior episodes, but what he's done in the portal, no shock. He was in he was on his way to getting a job like this before the, all the hubbub yeah, he, and the he's won everywhere he's been. He was on track. Yeah, he's a winner. He's a winner, and uh, it's no surprise that th- these kind of players he's picked up this offseason want to follow a winner. Yes, uh, Ryder got TJ Weeks from UMass. Very solid pickup, four-year player at UMass. Uh, redshirted, well, medical redshirt one year. His freshman year, actually, he was he was like really good his freshman year before he medically redshirted. But he's he's been a solid veteran at UMass over the years. So absolutely a good pickup for a school like Ryder. Any any quick hits on this? Yeah, very, very solid to get a multi-year starter. Ryder's looking to crack itself from, you know, kind of catapult up from the middle of the Metro Atlantic standings. And, uh, yeah, this can be that kind of impact uh, transfer portal signing. Yes, Sienna uh, got a Dan Steenkamer interview alumnus, Sean Dewar-Gordon. Um, not sure if he will be eligible, but he is a solid. Uh, I think he's like a guard forward, kind of, kind of a wing ish. Uh, pretty athletic. Um, I mean, what what do you think of this? Uh, pick pickup. Man, time is flying. I, I'm I'm not misremembering that. I'm pretty sure I got to speak with Drugerden as he was coming out of. High school was he was a he was a recruit at that time, right? I don't even I don't even know if he was committed yet to Missouri. Did, now I don't want to. Some, somebody's going to go back in our archives and check this. I don't. He didn't announce his commitment to Missouri with us, but I knew Missouri nah, was nah. in Missouri was in the mix for him. Um, and he and he's played two seasons at Missouri. He's now most recently been at Austin P. Um, and so he's like gradually been getting point where now he's like making that full return to New York, and uh, getting to. Sienna, uh, the Sienna Saints get get good support, good home venue. Uh, de- definitely like a regularly competitive Metro Atlantic school. I lost track. 
I'm really reacclimating myself to Darukhan uh, because I lost track. Of, I I would have thought he was still at Missouri. To be quite honest with you, I lost when he departed Missouri. What were his numbers? He didn't do that much. He didn't. He just didn't get that much of an opportunity. That's why I lost. That's why we lost track of him. Um, Ish. but he got to kind of re- kind of find himself again in his game at Austin P with those nearly 12 and a half points a game, really strong with rebounding, you know, from the, from the, as he kind of, I think I knew him as a guard when we, when we spoke with him and he's yeah, kind, kind, of, kind of in the middle. Yeah. He can, he can, he can be hybrid for sure. And he got six rebounds a game for Austin P uh, this past season. So um, yeah, Sienna's Sienna lost at least one name. That we lost, talked uh, about. We talked about McCollum. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about McCollum. Right. So, I think that the, I think Darugan because he has that positional, like he, he can he can be he can be a rebounder scorer. That's a good that's a good it's a good reaction to losing McCollum is to pick up Sean Darugan. Yeah. Um, moving on to the single A Mac, um, Akron picked up some solid point guards in Caleb Thorne and Shama Scott. Nothing too major to touch on there, but two two solid gets I suppose. Um. Anything about them? Um, not especially. Um, it Akron's. I have a hard time getting a read on Akron the program because they finished. They, they were the Mac. They were they were pretty good. They were good, but it wasn't. Now my my notes on my notes on Akron crashed. Um, let me pull up. They were towards the top of the conference standings. They were thirteen five in conference. Yeah, 20, 20 win season. That, that's that's. I mean, there's momentum. They made the tournament two years ago. They almost beat UCLA two years ago. In addition to that, it was a good game against Kent State. That's where the MAC tournament ended for Akron. A good, a, a competitive game against the number two seed, Kent State. So uh, Akron had all that to build on and, and converted on that here with those with those names in the portal. Yes, uh, Bowling Green. They got a new coach, and to follow him, they got Jason Spurgeon. Jason Spurgeon following Todd Simon from Southern Utah to Bowling Green. Um, solid big man, 10 points a game, six rebounds. Pretty efficient player. Um, yeah, that's just a solid pickup there. They also got Trey Thomas, who like played minutes at Vanderbilt. He was in the rotation. They also got PJ Edwards, who I believe was a freshman at UCF. So three very solid pickups for Bowling Green. Not to a good start in the Todd Simon era. No, that 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 rings true, and it, I think especially, um, I think especially with Spurgeon coming in, that's that's a that's a good that's a good spot for for him to head to the Falcons. Take a look at uh, what he got done at um, Southern Utah, ten points and six rebounds a game, and he played almost forty games this past season. Real workhorse um, this past year, nearly two blocks a game. It's a good two way player. Good two way player all around. Um, Kent State has picked up Reggie Bass and Tyam Freeman. Reggie Bass was a Mac rookie of the year at Central Michigan. So, whenever you get the best freshman in conference and you're able to keep him in conference but draw him away from his team, it's pretty solid. I, I feel like there's a lot of in conference Mac transfers. Like, have, have you observed that? Like, Caleb Thornton is one, and there were a few out there, were like yeah. a few other good ones last year. I just feel like that's it's a common thing to happen. 
Oh, I love, I love, I love league dynamics like that. All the, if the schools have a similar institutional profile, they're all reasonably kind of packed together, good parity like that. That can be one of those things that happens. Yep. Um, Freeman, also another guy from UCF coming to the Mac. Solid pickup. Um, Ohio got Shreef Mitchell and Ike Corners, two high major bench players. Like, might as well take a risk on them. They weren't, uh, Mitchell. I know from Creighton, he's a really good defender, really good on-ball defender, can really put the clamps on you. Offensive, it's still been working on, but he showed some improvements this year. He shot the ball well at times this year. Um, so, yeah, I'm intrigued. To see, I'm really interested to see how he does because he really plays with a lot of energy, and I think he could be a good player at a school like – Ohio Cornish also has a lot of eligibility left. Might as well take a shot on him in Ohio. Um, any thoughts about those two at all? Yeah, I, I, it's even less about necessarily uh, those two in particular. Although Sharif Mitchell is, um, is I think a pretty, pretty, rec- pretty recognizable name, right? I mean, you know, you know, uh, you know that, you know that well. Uh, Ohio in. We, I got to see Ohio play in Newark, and so my anecdote on that is Ohio looked really, Ohio looked really good that one evening. Now I know it's that it's not exactly it wasn't exactly an upset that Ohio played that well, but just another team that I think isn't far off necessarily being in the mix of threatening Kent State, right? And like these pieces, the the idea would be that these pieces uh, bring Ohio uh, closer to that end game. But I mean, it was it was just a little non conference was pretty good for Ohio. I know that they threatened Michigan. Again, in a pretty well-known non-conference game down November, um, and then MAC play, they kind of re- got closer to 500, just over 500 in the in the finish in the conference standing. So, uh, are these with these additions like it, it's similar to the additions we talked about elsewhere in the MAC? Like how how's the middle of the league going to separate itself? This is the question for me. Yeah, yeah. Ohio Ohio has been a pretty solid program over the years. Uh, they do lose Dwight Wilson, who was really good. But yeah, I think I think these pickups are good for Ohio to look towards the future. Moving on to the Miac, only one Miac transfer we're going to touch on is Dom Campbell going to Howard, who didn't play a lot at Notre Dame, but at one point he, I remember he was really blowing up as a recruit. It's like uh, he's like a big, big like how he's not like a big man, but like he's like a big bodied forward. Um. He like really hardly played at all. It just it was just like a foul machine this year, if I recall. For some reason, I think he. Let's just. I feel like he fouled out of one game like abnormally quick. Yes, he played seven minutes against North Carolina and fouled out. <laughs> but yeah, um, solid pickup. I think it's another prospect. Like it's worth taking a shot. And he's one year removed. Um, and any thoughts on? Campbell to Howard. Well, since Howard lost Wood in the portal, you look at well, what would the Bison do in response? Howard is among Mac programs that you know arguably has the the biggest combination of factors to offer. You know, on and off the floor, Howard has potential, and uh, and, and Campbell is going to be. I mean, this is a spot where he can realize his own potential, right? Like, he, we didn't get to see much of him in so far in his college career. So I'm not going to pass excessive judgment on him. But um, 
that MIAC from as long as Howard stays in the MIAC, Howard should be in the mix to take the one seed in the conference tournament. Like I know it's like it's a great location. It's a very crowded recruiting market, but Howard has a like, kind of like about the academic side of Rice. Howard's got a very strong academic profile. And I think that academic profile helps, you know, when you're uh, getting the guy coming in from uh, Notre Dame. Yes, absolutely. Moving on to the Missouri Valley, Belmont picked up some high major down transfers and Will Shaver and Malik Dia, both with lots of eligibility left, both unproven, but both have potential. I like both of these pickups um, based on potential. Um, let's see. Any Any thoughts about these two? As the Belmont Bruins continue to kind of lay down their roots in the MVC, I think it's important that they, you know, there are some really, really, really strong existing brands in the MVC. Belmont had built itself up for that. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, Shaver can be, it's just one of the games where it's like one of, the, one, of, one of his names, I'm sorry, where you just have hardly gotten to see him play in college, right? So like, it's, it's kind of like uh he gets a did, I mean I assume he'll take a red shirt right he maintains that freshman eligibility after this transfer in the case yes. of Shaver coming in from North yes, Carolina yes yes yeah I mean there's no doubt he put got three games couple minutes in each game um and I'm not exactly sure how he's going to fit with Belmont other than necessarily you know a good starting point being six ten at your forward spot entering your red shirt freshman year is a good it's a good situation so um is probably going to draw some of Belmont's really important big one-on-one defensive assignments yes dia also has some size but moving on to bradley bradley also kind of did the same style they got some high major um i guess nevada isn't necessarily high major or more mid plus but still decently highly regarded recruits bouncing back although in this case with bradley they're getting guards in the marinellis trey pettigrew uh, Ellis from Marquette, Pettigrew from Nevada. I think these are two pickups, and like Pettigrew wasn't even that bad in Nevada. Like he he wasn't amazing, but he averaged like three points a game on freshman on a tournament team. There there are worse things you can do. Um, any thoughts about these? Uh, what Bradley's been doing? The Bradley Braves. We talked about. Much earlier in the program, a loss to the portal Bradley had. So, again, we talk about teams how you know your plus and minuses as you as you go. Who, who how did the scales tip by the end of the portal's closure? And um, Trey Pettigrew comes from a, I mean, coming from Nevada. Like I, I trust a lot of players coming from Nevada. That's been a program that got built up in recent years. Um, Pettigrew played a just about just on. I mean, it was on. Yeah, maybe a little over a quarter per game, a quarter, 25% of each game action. Um, he could stand to see his field goal percentage rise a bit, but um, he he's he, he did drop maybe three points a game, um, and he can settle. I mean, being from Chicago originally, Pettigrew heading towards Bradley, that's a, like, I think he's probably going to find a great comfort there and kind of put down roots as a student athlete. And yeah, he, Bradley is, I do think it's a fair comparison, Bradley and Belmont being kind of in similar, similar boats, similar additions in this portal cycle. Yes, Drake got Ethan Roberts, the Patriot League freshman of the year. Very solid pickup for them. Um, he is a kind of a wing. He can really shoot the ball. 
can just really score the ball in general. Very solid scoring pickup from Drake. Any thoughts on Roberts? Yeah, we talked about Drake as being a team that like should have should have could have should have would have had that NCAA first round game, right? So like you respond in the the, the following offseason in the portal with getting Ethan Roberts. Um Roberts, yeah, your 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 thoughts on him I think are proper. He's um gonna be gonna be an influence for Drake in his in his uh, first season with the Bulldogs. Yes. Illinois State got a few guys, most notably Jordan Davis and Brandon Lieb. Davis is like a good pickup. Like he he was a high major starter, I believe. I don't know if he started the whole year, but um, I know he started for at least yeah he started about half the games, averaged twenty minutes a game, five points. He wasn't amazing by any means at Wisconsin, but like he's he's a decent high major bench player. And if you get that guy Illinois State, it's pretty solid. Uh, Lieb didn't really play at Illinois, but was a is a big man. I think he's like seven foot. Yes, he's seven foot. So might as well take a shot if you're a school like Illinois State. Yeah, it's it's a recurring theme, right? Like there are more seven foot players out there than you realize, right? But they we didn't get to see him playing on the playing on some of these P six rosters, and you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see a leave hit the floor for Illinois State. I love the intrigue of an Illinois Illinois State move. Yeah, that intrastate move is interesting to me, of course. And uh, I mean, Lieb is from Deerfield, Illinois, so he's he's just going to touch all touch them all in the in in the land of Lincoln. But he actually, I mean, it's not as if he took a ton of shots, but the shots he did take, they were in his, they were in that near range. He hit him just under sixty percent from the field this past so year. He was he's seven for twelve overall on this year, so was not necessarily taking shots. Really, didn't necessarily play, but yeah. Um... Took some pretty smart shots when he did. Uh, Missouri State, they got Cesar Edwards and Nick Kramer from Nick Kramer's from St. Louis, retro freshman. Cesar Edwards uh, is from Xavier, and he actually kind of played. Like, uh, he didn't play a ton, but he was, like, sort of in rotation. Um, I Maybe not, but maybe not as much as I thought, but I saw Xavier's game in the Sweet 16. I was there, and he uh, played a little bit, so... He he is solid, definitely a good pickup at a school like Missouri State, in my opinion. I think uh, Dana Ford is a great recruiter. As the jury saw, uh, actually, he I don't think he's that good of a coach. I think he's more of a recruiter than a coach, if you want to put it that way. But yeah, these are two guys. Kramer is a guy I liked in high school. Can uh, shoot the ball, can score the ball, and has forage of eligibility. So take that for sure. Um, any any thoughts on these two acquisitions by the Bears? Yeah, nice nice pull to get Nick Kramer, originally from St. Louis, Missouri, to get him from the St. Louis Billikens. Um, taking a peek at, I want to take a look at what his twenty four seven look like. He had, I mean, a number of Division one offers. UAB offer was on the board for Kramer, um, so it. It wasn't like he doesn't have the same backstory as some of the guys we've talked about before and the level of offers. But um, for Missouri State, Missouri State lost a really important piece we talked about in um, the the man to, to do it all. You talk who was the plus minus? It's Mugbo, right? Uh, Mugbo, yeah, yes, yeah. So yeah, that 
like how do you pick up pieces from that? Well, this is a like Nick Kramer, that kind of player is a good place to start. Edwards, similar logic applies. Um, and yeah, Missouri State, like it's 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 tough sliding in them as MVC. Like that's still one of the best. I mean, I know we have it this part of our episode, but like MVC can still be a, a strong yeah. conference and uh Missouri yeah, it's, State. it's it's like borderline mid plus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on the it depends on the year, right? So like that makes your off seasons like it, you can tell who 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 clicked in the portal and who didn't. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see if Missouri State uh see see how it how it shakes out. Yes, um, UIC they are in their second year in the Missouri Valley, and they got some solid guys. Marquise Kennedy they got him to stay in conference. Well, not in conference, but he was formerly. They got him to stay in the city from Loyola Chicago. So that is a USC was solid there. Andrew King from Houston Christian was a solid freshman, put up some solid assist numbers, and Isaiah Rivera, who was actually like kind of good at Colorado State. So this is a strong transfer class. I especially like Rivera, considering he averaged like eight points per eight point six points per game this year for them. Um he played over 12 minutes a game on their team last year that was a top 25 team. So, yes, some very solid pickers from UIC trying to get their program headed in the right direction. Yeah, UIC has great location, needless to say. Uh, it was a big step for UIC to get in the MVC and Marquise Kennedy, Andrew King, Isaiah Rivera. Good trio to begin with, Marquise Kennedy. Especially, I love that you made that tie with, uh, of course, Chicago. Keep getting him from Loyola, Chicago. Um, Marquise Kennedy probably gets himself like into a better situation for him, given that he's heading into his, if I'm kind of, now, you don't want to make too many assumptions in this era, but I think his eligibility, this should be his final season eligibility for Marquise Kennedy. It and, appears to be that way. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's a good shooter, good shooter. I, I, I do think that Depending on his what he's at, what's asking him at UIC, he can crack um, double digit points per game potentially. Um, and he, and he's he's in his in the past he's been had just over two assists per game in the twenty one and twenty two season. So he could even with better surroundings, he could even see his assists have an uptick too. Well, it was really good last year too, like when he did that. So like he's proven to be like a starter caliber on a tournament team. So you definitely take that. And it is very late everywhere. It is past 1 a.m. on the East Coast, past midnight on the Midwest, Central Time where I am. It's still pretty late in Mountain Time. Neither of us are in Mountain Time, but it would be, it would be past 11 there. So we're going to call this podcast a night right here. We still have some conversations to go through. Um Let's see, you would like tomorrow anytime work for you. Like this, it would only take like not that long to get through to rest. Um, yeah, my thurs my Thursdays are pretty tight wall to wall. Although we can we can certainly look to. We'll, we'll be in touch. We'll be in touch because it could be a spot. I don't know how your Fridays are. We'll 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 sort it out. Much like these coaches in the portal, we'll sort we'll sort it out. Yes. Well, you will hear an episode like in the next few days, like from us, but. This is a long episode. If you somehow got through this, I we really appreciate you. And we, we really put a lot of effort into this, researching all these transfers. And yeah, this 
maybe we talked a little bit too much about them, but like we got to give shouts out to these people. Like how many different podcasts out there talking about like transfers coming into the big South and uh, Missouri Valley and the colonial, like this is why, this is why we're the best college basketball podcast out there. Um, Speaking about podcasts, have you have you seen like uh that all that stuff with like Hunter Dickinson and that podcast he's on? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that is not is not a good podcast. Not not trying to start beef or anything, but <laughs> we we actually know we actually know college basketball. Like they're they're just yeah. You, know, they, you had to squeeze that in there before we said good night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got got to make some enemies tonight. Feeling feeling dangerous, but. But yeah, we we will see you in a few days. And yes, the, the transfer portal is buzzing, continues to buzz. Yes, Bennett, it's amazing. So we will see you soon.